Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 486. It's W SummerSlam 2023. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team up side for every WWE and AEW show. It is, of course, fantastic. Jaxie Scarlett, how's it going? Hello, hello. Back at it again. Excited to be back discussing SummerSlam. You all good, James? Yeah, I'm fantastic. And as I said, it should be an exciting show. But I want to just speak to you before the other two join us because at the moment, prediction-wise, we're not doing that well. So hopefully SummerSlam can kind of turn it round for us. Uh, like I said, Great American Bash. I know NXT's not your forte, but especially as we were on the top of the pile last year, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I was severely disappointed with the results that I came out with for NXT, especially because I don't watch it and I've had like such a clean uh, sweep with them in, in previous uh, pay-per-view matches. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to redeem myself when it comes to the NXT front because I failed quite um, miserably at so Great American it's a failure. It's more... We stumbled, you know, and what do you do when you, you know, kind of stumble, you just carry on. So hopefully we can put it, it round tonight, you know. I have, a, I have a good feeling about this, so we'll see how we get on. <laughs> yeah, without shadow of a doubt. Up next, our resident NXT expert, New Japan deity, and of course, Mr. Smug himself. It is Monty, and I say that, Monty, because you have been on fire at this moment, coming off a win uh, and basically looking in your best form, I would say. How are you anyway? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling tribal chiefish. You know, <laughs> feeling like a little bit, a little bit like Gunther. Feeling, you know, anyone who's dominating right now. That's how I'm feeling when it comes to predictions. I'm, I'm on top of the world, and they they say it's only one way to go from the top. But I think I can get even higher. So we're gonna try to do that. <laughs> well, we shall see what happens. And up next. Uh, last, but by no, no means least, get your motor running, head out on the highway, looking for adventure, whatever comes our way. Yeah, darling, going to make it happen. Take the world in a love embrace. Fire all the guns at once and explode into space like a true nature's child. She was born, born to be wild. She can climb so high. She's never going to die. She's born to be wild. Apologies. Is Gina. How are you going? I think that's my favorite one so far. What it do, team? No. <laughs> I was definitely born to be wild. Those lyrics are so true. Well, so we're talking to Monty and Jaxie about predictions. Gina, at this moment, you just keep the expression hitting the post. You were breathing down Monty's neck. When it came to it, he was panicking, man, you know, uh, and, I, and I feel he is kind of dipping into your G site. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think Monty should be dipping into you? I don't think he should. He is. No, he is definitely dipping in the G site pool. He really dipper. is. I don't, I, I haven't even given him pointers. So I, I'm not sure where he's getting this info from. I think there's a traitor in my mist. Don't worry. I'm on the, on the case. <laughs> I will find them. But, uh, Either way, I was so gutted. I was watching that show thinking, oh, my God, have I got this? And just Monty just gets yeah. there. I mean, it's well-deserved, well-deserved. He can have the tribal nah, chief. Fuck him. Crown. Fuck yeah. him. That's not what it's about. Nice. It's my last name starts with a G. Uh, <laughs> last name starts with a G. 
The G site is going to come back tenfold, though. Watch. Watch the space. Well, like I said, we have got SummerSlam and the predictions, but we're going to catch up with Raw and SmackDown first uh, because Raw, July 10th, they tease problems with Vinci in Imperium. Can we please stop? Right. But it looks like Balor and Priest are fine <laughs> right. for now. I mean, Monty, what You're is the problem? What, yeah, what, 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 what are they doing? <laughs> like, just a bit, that, all he did was lose a match as if that hasn't happened before. Like, I don't, I don't get it, but everyone has to be in, having friction, I guess. You know, that's, that's just the way they book stables. I just, what is it? I, tag teams understand, but like I said, stables, they should be more stable. Like, again, maybe just call them unstables. Uh, Smackdown, July 14th. Pretty Deadly continued their winning ways, beating Reg and Sheamus. Yes, boy. But then Elton Prince suffered a career ender injury, thanks to Ridge. No, boy. And Ridge, you've been doing this before, man. Like, and if you take out Pretty Deadly, I'm going to come for you. I'm not lying, all right? Uh, Shotzi. Yeah, Dave, but I mean, we haven't. They've also been non-existent since that match. I mean, since you just brought them up, I'm like, oh wait, what? Where are Pretty Deadly? He suffered a career-ending injury, Jaxie. I'm sorry to get angry with you, but I've just said. Did that. he actually? Like, well, I did. Oh. Like, is it rich? Is that career ending? Look, Monty, please. It is. Wow. <laughs> Let's not look I knew he was hurt. This is this is, is it career ending. Like at this moment like, in time, um, what is Ridge doing? Well, he, whatever he's, he just doesn't like wrestlers we like, you know. So let's not say yeah. we like anybody else. Otherwise, we're doing it. Um, no, I don't know if it is career <laughs> career ending, but again, <laughs> pretty <laughs> deadly. <laughs> Big E is bad enough, man. No, yeah. so he, his career. he should be back in a couple of months. But again, it's not. It's pretty deadly, man. You know what I'm like with them. Like, I, I get it. I get uh, it. Over dramatic. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said Shotzi shaved her head. Uh, people could be so stupid as well. There was a few tweets of people just being really, really dumb. I haven't actually got in front of me now, but I know the Shotzi story because someone tweeted out, "Oh, look at WWE Creative now." forcing her to shave her head for the storyline. When in fact it wasn't. It was in support for her sister who's suffering from cancer. Uh, and I think, like I said, Jaxie with this, it just shows how stupid people are. And, and the only exercise they get is jumping to conclusions. Yeah, I, I think this is a perfect um, a, a perfect uh, sort of like look at how um, us as WWE fans can actually take something materialistic like this and actually just think this was a, a, a an idea created by Vince, you know? Um I do think that like at the moment that something like that happens, you've got to, you've got to just think there's a, there could be a reason behind it that isn't actually to do to do with WWE. Um so I I did think that the negative commentary um, like, you know, kind of all leaning towards it being WWE was a, a little bit distasteful. I think, you know, if you really were sort of a fan of Shotzi's or what's going on within WWE, then like staying up to date with like, you know, what news was circulating, you would have easily found out like this was sort of more out of support for her sister. Um, so you, you just got to be like supporting your actual wrestlers and then you actually see what's going on in their lives and you wouldn't always jump to conclusions about it always being WWE, you know? Yeah, 
and, and another tweet as well, I haven't got it in front of me, but I remember it's burned into my brain, was someone on uh, Twitter, or X, as it's called now, with David Benoit, who is uh, in the front row for Collision. And there's a picture of CM Punk and him hugging. And the the guy on Twitter, or X, says, oh, it's just a shame we never had that dream match between Chris Benoit and CM Punk. Because... If he didn't realise at the time they should have had that match, Benoit was too busy killing his wife and child. So again, just people could be so fucking silly oh, and man. kind of selfish. I'm a killer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm wow. gonna bring us down, but wow. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, that's why that's that match crazy. didn't happen. You know, like a night champion. Yep. Like, it, that, it's it's Ugh. just it annoys me with people sometimes where they just think they're so important and there's other things going on at the time. Uh, I don't know how we're going to move to this, but Jay Uso. Here we go. I'm going to try and segue across. Jay, Jay Uso did not get the answer to the challenge <laughs> to the undisputed title match. He got a measure of revenge on Paul Heyman, uh, hitting him with a super kick uh, after Heyman said he was to blame for Jimmy. In their first United States Invitational four-way, which actually didn't really matter now, Santos beat Waller, AJ and Butch. Uh, Street Profits were up with Bobby Lashley back to SmackDown in the backstage vignette. We've seen the Profits times as well with Bobby. I mean, Gina, what do you think? Does this, everybody keeps saying it's a new Hurt business or can it be something different with these three guys? Um, I definitely feel like it's like the newer Hurt business, but I'm not mad at it. I think they look good together as a, as a mm. stable. Um, and you touched on this earlier with the Imperium story about stables being unstable um for me i'm like you guys really need to solidify like leaving some of these stables you don't have to break up every tag team and stable you have just for content and story like it's it's actually becoming a bit old um for me i actually prefer it when stables just remain together and not have the worry oh is he going to change is he not i prefer that i don't want judgment day to break up I don't want any of the solidified tag teams to break up because, let's face it, most of them just recently got put together again anyway. So, um, for me, I'm not mad at this. I actually really like it. And I think the three of them look great together. I think Bobby will help um, maybe bring a different type of storyline for uh, the Street profit Profits because at the moment they were kind of just sailing through the midway card and just not really going anywhere. Um, so I think I'm I'm definitely interested in this new like stable that's come together. I'm not sure I want them to completely erase what the previous Hurt Business was because Cedric and Shelton are still epic in my eyes. Um, and I don't think that they needed to be replaced. If they want to name them a different name than the Hurt Business, then I right. don't mind that either. I tell you saying, not for, I mean, you like I said, come up saying, but I think Benjamin and Alexander still be a team, go to NXT, call themselves the gold standard. I've already come up with it in my mind. Like that would just work. I love it. You know? I love it. Can they just hire you? <laughs> it, would, it would probably help them. Yeah, but, but yeah, let's all let's all just still not forget about Cedric and Shelton because they were just great. But I definitely like like where this is going with Bobby and the Street Profits. Yeah, well, doubt. Well, we move on. Raw, seventeenth of July. Cody and Brock faced off in Rose hometown. So of course Brock left him laying in front of his family. But Cody's mum has seen everything. She's seen her husband on fire, you know, and bleeding from every orifice. So son getting a couple of F5s from Brock probably didn't phase her too much. 
Chelsea Green, Sonia Deville won the tag titles with Raquel and Liv. Unfortunately, we have the horrible news Sonia Deville uh, is injured, so they had to vacate the titles. Before I get on to that, just want to say well done, Chelsea Green. In a sea of re-signings, she kind of stood out. Uh, and much like an impact is a champion again. And fair play. You know, a lot of people did come. You could talk about Hit Row and Carrying Cross, but Chelsea Green really stood out. But Monty, the question is, we talked about this about the um, the New Japan, the US title. Is the women's tag team titles cursed? Are we just Should we just give up now? We've already given up on NXT. Titles. No doubt. <laughs> I don't know if we should give up, but they're cursed. They're cursed. There's no doubt in my mind that they have a curse going on. I can't say we should give up on them, though, because I think it's still a good concept, especially when you have so many uh, women who just don't have anything to do, especially on the main roster. And like I said, NXT keep making teams as if they still have tag team (laughs) when it comes to women. So uh, I think they definitely still have value, but so far they just have a tremendous amount of bad luck. And uh, I don't know what needs to change to make – to get – an actual strong run out of some female tag team champions. But I still think they need to be around. It's just, like I said, it's just been so unfortunate so far, far since they came up. Because really the strongest run I can think of is really when Sasha and Bailey had it during the pandemic. And, you know, maybe you could say Kabuki Warriors if you were really into that, but they didn't get a chance to do a lot with it. So, again, everyone who's had it have, you know, a lot of people have tried, but no one has been able to do anything special with it yet. Besides, maybe like I said, Sasha and Bailey. So it just seems like it's, a, it's definitely a curse. Sasha and Naomi was on their way, but we saw how that ended. So it just, again, yeah, it just it's just been it's been tough. But I do <laughs> think it's still a use. Yeah, it's still useful though because there's so many women with just nothing to do. And I think putting women in the tag division, giving them a direction, is actually more than just having women for catering. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Jaxie, I know you. It, the women's division as well and the kind of what's going on in different companies like now more than ever we kind of need to stick with this and come up with a few plans we've have more tag teams so if a tag team does go down like it yeah. has, we can you know pivot mate. yeah again uh it goes back to <clears throat> uh, it goes back to what my sister just said about you know breaking stables up unnecessarily or too quickly you know um we saw this, a perfect example was Shayna and Ronda. They'd only really just started teaming together, you know, got the titles and then instantly turned like it. And I get that, you know, this was a contract thing, but this is what you're meant to do in terms of long-term storytelling. We've seen WWE can do it with Roman and, and the Bloodline. However, they're not preparing women's tag teams enough um, to be able to potentially pick up the pace when things like this happen, um, you know, Monty pointed out some really good points as well. Like you had such good work, work ethic from some of the previous women. Like, you know, it, it at times like this, it kind of makes you miss teams like the Iconics who were just really sort of like um, just over, just like really uh, had that close knit. Like you just like looked at and thought, you're, you know, those two are not going to split up, that sort of thing. I think if we're going to, continue on with the women's tag team division we really need to actually solidify some decent women's tag teams that aren't going to be splitting up just after a year and a half of being together or something you know um they really need to build up a rapport but also just like i don't know look after your women the women better because they just seem to be getting injured all the time the thing is as well about that 
especially with Triple H and what we're hearing from WWE about, you know, oh, people want it straight away and we need to kind of, you know, have the story be told across, you know, what inning we're in with this certain story. And it's like the the Basler and Rowdy, Ronda stuff, kind of, that should have lasted a couple of years or a year and a half and we got it all in like four months. So again, like you said, it's it's that story of trying to get it right and trying to make it play out and actually caring about the people we're seeing as well. Because then the crowd reaction mm. from that, um, especially with the women, you know, like I said, if they're not featured as much or people don't know, then when it comes exactly. on... Exactly, you're not building up those, those uh, you know, tag teams to, to make the audience members, like, really care about them as tag teams, you know? Um They've just they've got they've got to give them more they've got to give more screen time not just to the women but to the tag team division as a whole. Yeah. Um, especially if they're if we're meant to be taking these women's titles tag titles seriously. Um, and I want to, but it it just seems that uh, lately um just uh, there's been a lot of a dip in, when it comes to sort of really investing time in building stories around the women's tag. Uh, titles, so I don't know. They just need to they they need to actually uh, pay a bit more attention to that. Um, and when I say they, I mean creative. Yeah. Um, no. they really need to like think about you know sort of what long long term storytelling they can tell with these belts. You know, um, actually make us give a give a damn about them again. Yeah, I mean it's sad, but it's true. You know, uh, we move on. SmackDown, July twenty first, LA Knight and Cameron Grimes reignited their rivalry from NXT. And believe it or not, LA Knight was the most hated. And Monty, I say believe it or not, you were with me. You remember those times when we talked about how hated Knight was? <laughs> yeah, man, it was. It was one of those things. I think that was one of the first things he really got to sink his teeth into, too. Uh, really on NXT. When it comes to storyline, uh, because, uh, you know, he had came in, did a lot of vignettes and always had this style of promo. But you're right. It's kind of crazy. It's bizarre now to think about <laughs> the fact that he was not ex- as over nowhere in anywhere near as over as he is now and was the bad guy there against Cameron Grimes, who was way more over in NXT at the time. I guess we look like idiots now. <laughs> no, no, no. As like I said, it's weird how at least they're doing it on the main roster. So, again, we'll see. You know, in a year's time, whether it is. I mean, didn't help LA Knight. He still lost uh, the opportunity won by Mysterio, also featuring Sheamus. Uh, Charlotte beat EO. Santos beat Theory, which you know then is going to happen. But still, we get the Roman Reigns rules of engagement for SummerSlam. Uh, we see Reigns quite literally at the head of the table, uh, condescendingly referring to his little cousin as Little Jay. Uso tore up the contract. We don't need no contract. The contract's in blood. It's right here. It's tribal combat now. The question was asked, do the elders know? It was their idea, Uso revealed. Uh, Skoa attempted attack, only for Reigns to grab his arm and stop him. Uso responded with super kicks to his brother. Instead, Reigns down to close out the show. Uh, Gina, this was definitely different because it showed the kind of respect when it comes to the fight of the tribal chief in a way. What, with regards to um, fighting family with family, of yeah, course. All, all the shenanigans, um, and then you see it actually quite serious. You know, like what exactly. it meant to them, you know, face-to-face, so to speak. 
Yeah, it definitely made the the match seem a lot more like, you know, eventful and it helped promote the tribal combat and the importance of that within their culture. And I think that that was something really like that helps drive more of the story and the importance behind these matches. And it's not just, you know, sibling or cousin rivalry or something like that. It, it just happens to dig deeper within their family and their culture as well. And they, br- they bring all of that to to the wrestling you know we all feel that for them we're we're all invested in this story and we're like intrigued to see how it goes more so I think it was really important that they kind of had this and and the way that you could slightly see that they wrestled but still had slight respect for each other in a way Mm. yeah that's the interesting thing like it comes down to it they're still family and they still kind of know the way shit goes down you know so again it's interesting rather than the cheap shots to actually be quite up front uh, especially for Roman at this moment in time. Uh, Raw, July 24th. Owens was injured by Judgment Day. His dated on retained against Sami Zayn. Balor and Rollins had a contract signing. Lynch beat Stark to face Trish. And then SmackDown, July 28th. Roman Reigns uh, interrupting the main event. Jey Uso uh, was really, really good. We see Roman saying, the only reason you became the right-hand man was because Jimmy was hurt. If he wasn't hurt, you wouldn't have a chance. You screwed your twin brother. Um, I mean, Jaxie, does this cut close to... Because, like I said, Reigns is talking shit about the person Jay cares about the most. So, again, it's going to get in his head no matter what. It really does. Um, Again, speaking on behalf of being a twin, I, I don't think there's no bigger insult that you can actually have than actually hearing someone to your face insulting your twin. It's, like, it's the biggest insult. And then if you're thinking about this from sort of like this tribal combat aspect, you, he's just doing so much more disrespect, disservice to, um, you know, the Usos, the Uso family. You know, I even I myself felt a, a very lot of anger um, towards like sort of the disrespect. Um, I would never stand by and just let someone talk crap about my my sisters, any of my sisters, let alone my twin. Um, but if you talk crap about my twin, I'm going to see red, you know? So I, I think Jay handled it really well. Like the way that he was just like, like you've, you've hurt my twin. So I'm coming for you. Like he laid it all out on the line for him. Um, and that is exactly what I would do. So I've got nothing but respect for the way that Jay handled himself. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss Jimmy and, and everything else later though. <laughs> Uh, we then see uh, Jay and Waller. That ended with Roman Reigns beating the shit out of Jay. Raw July 20, 31st, Logan Paul, Ricochet's official. Raquel confronted Ripley in a good segment. I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for Dom, Judgment Day would be cheered as faces. I've never seen the couple get such different reactions. Maybe Sable Mero back in the day, but nothing. Brock beat up Cody again. Uh, Smackdown August 4th LA night beat Sheamus uh, and of course Jay also beat Solo Sokoa uh, so that was Raw on Smackdown we move on to the kickoff uh, because there was this confused we had two I know you guys maybe don't watch the kickoff but we had Kayla Braxton and Jackie Redman don't know why we had two of them for uh, not there's two problem with two women but maybe have like Beth Phoenix or you know Natalia or someone that can maybe talk a bit about the action rather than just doing links. Booker, Barrett, Rosenberg round us off. Wade's on his way to Raw. Monty, is this a demotion or a promotion? 
because Wade might be happy about the third hour, but he's not going to be on SmackDown anymore. So, you know, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, I think I don't really, you know, that's fair. It's like, how do you look at it, honestly? Especially when you think about SmackDown having Roman and being and feeling like I guess the A show for a little while. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's a downgrade. It is Monday Night Raw, uh, like you said, and that had, at least has the reputation as the number one show or whatever. Even if it may not be the number one show or, or hasn't been the number one show uh, for a while now. So I don't really know. I don't think it's the motion, but uh, I think at, at the end of the day, this the whole announcement for me was more so about Michael Cole and just the fact that the sponsors or whoever else is like, no, we, we think we should we should have more Michael Cole. And that is the opposite <laughs> of the way it used to be. It's like, I promise you, just go back six years. Go back, not yeah. probably not even that long, but go back a few years ago and say that the WWE is going to make sure we hear more Michael Cole and look at what the internet would say versus what they say now. So it's been amazing. The the baby face turn Michael Cole has had, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, publicly. But no, I don't think it's a demotion for Barry. You know, I, honestly, it's a trade. If we being real, he's still on television. Like you said, he's here longer. I, again, I don't know if he's gonna like the fact that he has to <laughs> do that in the third hour. That can be a drag sometimes on Monday. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's fine. I hope someone come up to me because I've got some bad news. And he went, "Oh, I've not heard that before." Uh, we see Saxon and Titan presentation and nothing else on the kickoff. Literally nothing else in an hour. Out of my life, I'm never going to get back. At least I'm not resentful. Main show, August 5th, Detroit, Michigan. It's SummerSlam 2023. I think it's like the eighth SummerSlam reviewed on this podcast, which is crazy. Uh, motherfucking Kid Rock with the opening video. Uh, Jaxie, I don't know about you, though. I love the opening video and shit. But again, I don't think the crowd was that well lit as opposed to the the way the lighting was on them. And it felt it looked smaller than 50K. I might just be used to massive stadium shows now, but I didn't think it looked that impressive. Yeah, um, it, it, it was a bit weird because there, there were certain times where it, the camera would like pan out to the crowd. And there would be the sound of, of all these chairs, but the crowd didn't seem as lit as the chairs were going. So I was like, <laughs> um, maybe pan out to a different side of the crowd, maybe? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I think the only thing I have to say on the opening is that the pre-show was an absolute waste of time and you could have easily had the Battle Royale on there and that would have gotten that crowd lit for the beginning of mm. SummerSlam. I'm just saying that. So it really uh, angered me that we didn't get anything on the pre-show, really. It's a bit weird because, again, talking about being lit and even the lightning choices were like this wasn't bright. You know, you couldn't actually see. I mean, Monty, you know how anal I am with stuff like this. Am I wrong here? Like, did that really look that impressive, the setup? You just you sound very spoiled. I know you haven't went to Wembley yet, but, man, <laughs> relax. No, I'll just play uh, no, I see what you're saying. It, it was definitely a, a little bit uh, different, especially uh, if you compare it to some of the stadium shows they've already did this year that just seemed packed to the brim. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe I don't know exactly what why they changed the or what decision they decided to make production-wise. Uh, but, you know, from what I recall, Detroit, you know, Ford Field, used, you know, it used to be really uh, – I, I remember – I think that's the same place, uh, you know, 
23, right? WrestleMania mm-hmm. 23 was there. And I just remember it being so packed and the environment was different. So I don't know. Uh, something definitely was different, but I can't put my finger on exactly what was, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, good. Alongs are not just going crazy, but we kicked off SummerSlam with a match that was hoping to go viral in WWE's eyes. Logan Paul versus Ricochet. Uh, of course, Logan came out first to a huge wave of booze. The two men met in the middle of the ring and talked some trash. Ricochet slapped the taste out of Paul's mouth for taking him down. We're hesitant to send him out. The YouTuber was able to gain the upper hand for a few moments by using some underhanded tactics. He even talked with Samantha Irvin, who was the ring announcer, and Ricochet's fiance. And Corey actually pointed out Samantha had the same colour on as Logan. Would we see a turn? Uh, they traded control several times throughout the match. Paul focused on getting heel heat while the one and only was trying to pop the crowd with high-risk manoeuvres. The Spanish fly from the apron was cool, but he almost didn't land it. Rick hit the people's moonsault, which was good. Huge net break of the top, which was good. But after you saw, after I seen um, Carmelo Hayes take Ilya Dragon off off the top, die. It didn't really have the same impact. Um, one of Paul's buddies slipped in the brass knuckles. He now ricocheted with a huge right hand to steal the win. Uh, Gina, start us off. What do you think of Logan Paul versus Ricochet? I'm actually kind of angry at myself when I say it. I actually really enjoyed this match. I've been like one of the biggest Paul haters on this pod, I swear. And, but it's really annoying because I really enjoyed the match and I found myself sort of glued to the screen because I didn't want to miss any of the good moves that both of them were pulling. You know, um, I enjoyed it. It was thoroughly exciting. And to be honest, I didn't really know who was going to get the win, which is really nice because I hate going into matches knowing, oh, this person ain't winning, you know. So um, it was nice to have that mystery of, okay, well, who's actually going to get this? So, um, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Um, There were a few spots that I was like, oh, is this awkward or is this going the way that they wanted it to go? But to be honest, I don't think that that... Um, deterred from the excitement of the match, and I feel like the crowd were were quite hyped for it as well. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and again, it's annoying that Logan uh, is a good use of some of the fundamentals now. You know, it's not all the showy stuff like Shane McMahon of like elbow drops through announce tables. We actually saw him building some uh, and you know some basic moves and actually doing well. Which, like you said, Gina, it's just so annoying because he's a cunt. You know, that that's that's the issue with him. But we kinda you know but it was nice to that's see That's what makes it even harder. That's why I was such a hater, you know, because it's like it's hard to really be into someone when you see them as a cunt. They're they're literally and you're not even saying that because you just dislike someone, like you've actually seen them be disrespectful in various different ways, you know, and it's, so you don't want to like him. But I can't put it I can't put it past him. He gave a good match and it was entertaining. Yeah. And I mean like I I felt it didn't click at times, but I don't know about you, Jaxie, but like we talk about with this, uh, for me, it wasn't just about Logan. It was Ricochet getting his moment because that motherfucker's been around for a long time and not had a moment like this, you know? Yeah, definitely. What were your thoughts on the match, anyway? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't really disagree or... um. I can't really disagree with any of your thoughts because I feel like I had exactly the same. Um, I feel like I wanted to 
not enjoy the match because of who was involved in it. But the match really was very well put together. There was no sort of blips between Ricochet and Logan Paul this time around. Um, and we finally got them, uh, got a chance to kind of see all of this come to fruition. I think the build-up actually was really subtly well done, um, you know, especially when you actually take it all the way back to Royal Rumble and where that first sort of initiated it and it first started. Um, I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do going forward with Ricochet from here, especially because, you know, like it was kind of like a... a, a a brass ending, so to speak. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> even Michael um, Cole said how the ending was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, I do wonder whether or not we're going to get a round two between them. But if we did, I kind of don't think I would be mad at that because the, Ricochet looked absolutely amazing in this match, um, and I think that him and Logan Paul worked really well together. So, um, if the, if we do get a second match out of these two, I won't be mad. So, Gina, start us off. What are you going to score that out of five? Mm. Okay. I'm, right. I'm going to give it a four because it was good for kicking off the show, getting the crowd hype. They they gave us high-flying moves. Actually, wait. No, the ending sucked. Oh, wait. Um, Four. Just leave it as four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll move on Jaxie what about you I'm actually going to give it a four and a quarter I actually really enjoyed this match and I thought it was a great opening match that got the crowd lit and ready for SummerSlam yeah uh, Monty what about you and also not just about your score for this match but do you think there'll come a point soon with Logan where we're kind of over the surprise he can work and now we're going to see what happens do you know what I mean Yeah, I think uh, that's gonna all depend on how they how they decide to use him. Uh, uh, I think I, honestly, for me, that I, I'm not under the illusion that he can't do it. I told you guys after the last time he wrestled that I'm I'm done telling you guys that I'm surprised. Uh, I'm uh, now it's now it's but like you're right. Eventually, after you, the surprise wears off, now it's about expectations and people are gonna be expecting you know certain things from you and your matches. But I do like you said. You mentioned a great point, James. Uh, it's not it's no longer just doing spots he's not just hitting the high spots and showing off athleticism you know he's doing things that i don't even know if people who've been experienced but like i love hangman pay but no one or his knees is want him to do a bug shot larry <laughs> from the ring to the to the floor i don't even know how logan did that you know the way he did because honestly that's not good for his knees long term but he's not gonna be wrestling all the time so i think that's the thing with logan like i think they're gonna continue to keep his uh appearances uh, spread out so you can continue to hide his weaknesses while also allowing him to improve in between. And uh, just all about what you decide to do with him next because the one thing he has, even over some people who've been on the roster a long time, no matter what he does, because people hate who he is, he gets a reaction. People, He knows how to play off that. And that's the, big, big, that's the biggest compliment I think I can give him. that His, his matches are not really the best when it comes to psycho, psychology, but he is because of the faces he makes, the way he acts every time he does something good, it's just everyone wants to see him get his ass, get it out. As a matter of fact, that's why his brother, that's why his brother gets these pay-per-views and people want to see him fight. People just want to see people take these Paul guys out. And as long as you have that going for you, you're, he's going to get booked and he's going to be somewhere. So 
Yeah, uh, again, I think, like you said, Ricochet deserves credit for being who he is and just being awesome as always. You're 100% correct. He's been awesome for a long time. A guy that people, some people may not believe this now because of the way WWE used Ricochet over the years, but he's literally on the same level, if you ask me, in-ring-wise. If you just let him go, as somebody like an Osprey. But people, people think that's crazy now just because of the presentation that WWE has pretty much put Ricochet under at this point. But he literally can go. Him and Osprey has had some of the greatest matches I've ever seen, honestly, even though some people are not a fan of that style. But besides that, uh, I, like I said, I just wanted to give him his flowers. And you know, him taking this loss here, it does suck. And I do wonder what is next for him. But I do think they think that Osprey, I mean, not Osprey, but they think Ricochet is so good at what he does that they can just plug him right back in to a, play, a program, possibly for a title against a heel or something, and it'll be fine. I don't know if that's the case, but we'll see. Uh, but honestly, overall, I'm, I'm with I'm with Jackson. I think four and a quarter is probably the bit, the safest place. It did what it needed to do. It got everybody excited. It had a lot of great spots that you know were memorable. Probably didn't go as viral as they were expecting, but uh, that's fine. Also, the only way that finish works is if you decide to be like Regal and just make that your gimmick, <laughs> bringing Brad Nuts with you. And you know he's a douchebag most of the time. Why can't that? You know, he already has a titanium hand. Why not let him just put? Brass Knuckles on the titanium, and you can have kill someone if we're being realistic. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, what is interesting as well is this was the first match because Logan had to go see his brother in a boxing match. We didn't have to, but he wanted to. So I wouldn't mind yeah. being a fly on a wall uh, between him and Brock, you know, deciding who went on first. And Logan won. So we know <laughs> if, they, if they... Logan looked more beat up than his brother, too, by the way. And his brother was totally boxed. But this, I, I thought it felt a bit disjointed <laughs> to begin with. But Logan did say he got kicked in the face by Ricochet, which probably would put you off for the, yeah. the opening couple of minutes. <laughs> and again, not to be that guy, but you guys know I am that guy in a weird way. But Ricochet versus Will Ospreay, first ever meeting a Rev Pro, saw it live. So I have, and Will Ospreay's actually confirmed special. that. So special times. That's why you should always go see your local <laughs> wrestling kids. All right. Uh, four and a quarter then. Predictions. Monty has been on a roll. This is grim reading. Jack's Gina, I'll warn you, this is grim for us now. So AW League, Monty's on three. Uh, Gina, Jaxie and I are on two. So one point behind. We have got all in coming up as well and all out. So we still could uh, do that. Bonus League, like I said, Gina pushed Monty all the way at the gab, but Monty got the win. So Jaxie Gina on 11, I'm on 14, Monty on 15. Jaxie on one at this moment in time. Now, Jaxie, I don't, I don't want to kind of, you know, circle you out or anything like that, but you're better than that. I know you are. You know? Honestly, I don't know what's going on with me there. You know, I've really dipped... And I'm very disappointed in, in the outcome at the moment. Uh, you best believe that I am trying to make a comeback. And when I get there, everyone will least expect it and I will be out on top. I just don't know whether or not it's going to be this side of the year. Yeah, exactly. It might have to be, a, you know, my, my year is coming next year. Yeah. Let's just let's just leave You've it at this. that. You've got this. Yeah, um, I've got Gina and Monty on three. Breathing down my neck, I am on four. But like I said, if Monty wins here, he will lead all three leagues. And it's again, it's not something that's been done for like six years where it's not been me. So let's hope it's not going to happen. But he's off to a good start. Monty, June and I went Logan. Jaxi, you went Ricochet. You went Ricochet in this one, Jaxi. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> 
Listen, I really thought that we were like using this match to elevate him. Okay, so I really wanted to like be behind him and get this. I failed. Listen, we already established that my year is coming next year. All right, so let's going forward into the rest of these predictions. Let's all give Jaxie a little bit of a break, okay? Yeah, well. <laughs> well, shameless. Okay. Seamus gave you a little bit of a break by arriving in a monster truck. Uh, takes me back to the light, late 90s. I expected Seamus to kind of run over a couple of, you know, expensive cars, but it didn't happen. The second match of the night was arguably one of the most anticipated as Cody Rose and Brock Lesnar met for one more showdown. Uh, I mean, Gina, what do you think of the music for the build-up video for this? It was an interesting choice. I don't know if I really liked it. I just was like, I wasn't sure. Because it's going to have that heavy, you know, it's a heavy tone to it, so to speak. I don't think I really took notice of the music, yeah. if I'm truly honest. Monty, <laughs> did you see that? Did you hear the music video for this? Or my... Did not match the video package at right, all. That's all that's... Right. Did not match. No, it did not match it at all. It was... I don't know what the hell, <laughs> what, what choice that was. But no, it did not match what was going on. <laughs> Good. It wasn't just me then. Sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. Sometimes I am. Uh, Rose didn't wait for the bell and tried to attack Lesnar right at the gate. The beast incarnate threw him with a suplex, but barely did anything to stop the assault from his opponent. Lesnar kept finding ways to take Rose off his feet, but only seemed to keep him down for a short time. Once he started hitting multiple suplexes, the former UFC champ began to slow the pace and dished out the punishment. Of course, we've seen these types of matches from Brock before. He tried to give Rose a chance to save himself for a count out, but he refused. Lesnar warned him he would only get worse after hitting another suplex. He even put the American Nightmare through the announcer with an F5 in an attempt to get the win, but the crowd cheered louder every time Rose beat the count back in the ring. He ended up using the steel stairs as a weapon. The ref didn't disqualify him for some reason. And I'm going to say, because Brock put him through a fucking table, so the referee's probably going, table, stairs, yeah, I'll let you off. All right, so stop pissing and moaning, everybody. And we get a super Cody cutter, the American Lesnar, and hit three crossroads in a row for the win and the pin. But more shockingly, afterwards, was Lesnar shaking his opponent's hand and hugging him for raising his arm. Cody sold that great. Uh, and it was a fantastic way to end this. So, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this? Because that wasn't the ending I thought was going to happen. Uh, I was completely, like... I, I think I actually went quiet. I was so not expecting that from Brock at the end. Um, yeah, it it was strange to see. Um, I don't think that that was planned either, was it? It was just um, one of those surreal moments that I think that Brock really just in the moment had felt the utmost respect for Cody and decided to just, you know, offer his hand. It was a great show of um, showmanship, you know, Uh and something that's very rare to come from Brock. And that's when you've got to think, right, well, this is got to be a bit of a bigger deal, Cody does, really. Because not only has he had this feud going on with Brock for, like, what, the past month and a half, two months? Um, at the same time, like, he's also now just earned the utmost respect from Brock that he got, he got a handshake from him, you know? So uh, I'm excited to see where things are going to go for Cody here, but I can only think that, uh, think of them as like going up at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I really enjoyed this match. Cody was bleeding from the chest. Uh, and what I 
thought was really interesting as well when he said that Brock, um, first his first SummerSlam was 21 fucking years ago now, which makes me feel so old because I remember it. Like, 21, where does the time go? But this was Cody's first SummerSlam. Yeah. In, this was Cody's sub, first SummerSlam <laughs> in eight years. And, I mean, Gina, for, for being wow. eight years ago, where I think it probably Stardust versus, like, Stephen Amell into this matchup, I think just shows you the progression. Uh, and there's, with Cody, he's doing the right thing at this moment, you know, and it really is working. And I think that is the important thing. The crowd is still behind him. Oh, for sure. I mean, when he first kind of rejoined WWE, I was quite worried on, on like, the fan base and how they were going to be receiving him. Um, he He's just doing so well. He's doing everything right, and the fans are just behind him 100%, and you can't blame them, you know? At, at this point, he's just doing everything right. So it's just great to see that he's constantly being featured and he's not been relegated to going back to Stardust or something <laughs> like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just grateful that, like, he's going so well for him, and I hope it continues that way. Yeah, and we nearly saw Brock's bollock as well after the third crossroads where Brock shorts the bollock. <laughs> are we, we going to see the bollocks on it? No, we didn't at that oh, point. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Thank God for everyone. For everyone. Uh, but, Monty, it's interesting. I mean, thoughts about the match, but the Cody character and the Brock character, when we when we think at WrestleMania, oh, uh, you know, especially afterwards, maybe they're not where they should be they kind of take up another level you know and this felt big time as well oh definitely definitely this is uh yeah i don't I'm, i don't know i have to think but this is definitely my favorite match of the night at, at the time when i watched it just not only because of like you said the special ending and what this means for both characters because you're 100 percent right you know after the brock wasn't just omos yeah, it was yeah. omos yeah, right yeah, so brock yeah. brock fought omos <laughs> And, you know, that happened. Right. And just everyone assumed he was exiting. It was, you know, he's going away like he usually does. But he, to, to, to stick it out and have this, uh, even though it didn't kind of, it dragged, you know, Brock wasn't there for every date, but he came, he showed up a lot, put a lot into this feud when you think about it for Cody, a lot more than he's put into uh, for a lot of other guys over the years. And I just think uh, it, it, it's an ultimate, not only a sign of respect, but it's just a sign that Cody really might be that guy, that guy that they feel like picking it up for John Cena. I mean, honestly, think about it. Since Brock Lesnar took out The Undertaker's streak, and then maybe that moment with John Cena when he beat the hell out of him at SummerSlam, like Brock has been unstoppable and has not stopped to really give anyone, you know, uh, the mantle. You know, of course, Roman kind of took the mantle. uh, But, you know, honestly, this was like the first time where he's ever done that and it, like like you said the way it felt it was all natural and just everything worked out and I, I just love I like this match because it was a real match like even for Drew I thought maybe he was gonna give like when Drew got over on him at, even though I know the pandemic was going on so it's a lot of stuff you know it's a lot of stuff that kind of happened but when Drew finally did uh get him and all of that it felt like that was the, a moment but it didn't it didn't never feel anywhere close to what this felt like and uh and I think you can go to Seth Rollins too. Like a lot of those matches were quick. They got out the way. This match started off like it was going to be kind of like that, 
But honestly, the story they told and the way Brock emoted every time Cody kept getting in the ring, how how much it pissed him off that Cody wouldn't stay down. And just the messages sent, the way the kids and everyone in the crowd reacted to Cody. And when they were cheering him on the entire time, they were into every single thing they did. Uh, I just really thought they really they went in there and weaved a beautiful story for Cody, who looks like the old like the uh, the biggest hero right now. And Brock, who went from animal and just kind of at the end there, it, he went kind he kind of like he transformed back into the guy the the cowboy that everyone is kind of fell in love with on his babyface run there at the end. He was beast for this feud against Cody. But we love, like, people of respect and giving Brock so, so many flowers at this point, you know. It's people who are having real real conversations about him being Mr. SummerSlam. You mentioned that, that initial SummerSlam so many, 21 years ago against The Rock. I'll never forget that when he kind of got that mantle passed to him. And, yeah, he left, but when he came back, he kind of just picked up right where he left off, being dominant, being the, the next big thing, being the guy. He wasn't the next big thing anymore. He was the guy in that spot. And this was a nice symbolic gesture of passing it on. And I also think it was genius this way. It may, if, even if it wasn't playing, I don't, if you guys are still thinking like I'm thinking, this we're going to get right back around on this story for Cody and, and Roman again at some point. I think it'd be cool if Brock was to help out, you know, later. Because, you know, I don't know, the bloodline wouldn't be, uh, I don't know how what the bloodline would be by then. Even if he, if will Roman even have help now that I think about it, the way things are going. But the way I thought, I was like, man, that would be smart because then you can, you already at least got this relationship or at least this respect. And Brock can't challenge for the belt anymore. So it wouldn't make sense that he would play a role in finally taking that belt off Roman. But who knows? Uh, honestly, it was just a really beautiful moment there. And I thought they did a really good job on the match, told a great story. So I was really into this, man. And I was, I'm very happy for Cody because, again, he really feels like he's that, that number one baby face that he wanted to be, not necessarily just in AEW, but. Probably his entire life, he wanted to figure it out and get exactly where he's at now. And he seems like they're 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 they're, they're putting him in the right position to be that guy. Everywhere they go, he's getting the right reaction. So yeah, man, I'm really happy for for Cody, and I thought this was an awesome moment for both guys. Yeah, I mean, my only thing I would say about this was to have the match on second, especially with how popular Cody is at this moment in time, especially yeah. how people are looking forward to this match. I think. It took a lot out of the crowd, and I and I feel with how the night progressed, you could kind of tell that as well. And again, not having to get the crowd, you know, like I said, well, I was praising you know money in the bank, not just because I was in it, but I just felt after this, the crowd's like, right, we need a little bit of a break, um, and which they kind of didn't get. Uh, anyway, with Jackson, with you, what would you score this out of five, Cody versus Brock? I mean, I really enjoyed this match. Um, this this for me uh, went pretty hard. I'm going to give it a four and three quarters. Uh, it was really good. A month. Yeah, four and a half here for me. I thought it was really good. Uh, like I said, one of my favorite matches of the night, if not the best match to me. So, yeah, I really was into it. And Gina? Yeah, I gave it four and a half as well. Yeah, four and a half from uh, me there. Good, good stuff. We move predictions all went Cody to Jackson on one. The rest are on two. Then we had the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royale. Yes, the Battle Royale we were waiting for the most. Most of the entrance for the Battle Royale took place during a break. But LA Knight was saved until everyone could see it. 
Omos made his entrance right after the bell and was accompanied by MVP. I heard Bobby Heenan's voice in my head say, by the time Omos get to the ring, it will be SummerSlam 2030. But all hell broke loose when he did get in. He started eliminating people right away throughout Apollo. J.D. McDonough and Rick Boogs. Tommaso Champ had a nice run of eliminations before Bronson Rude at Breed took him out. Saw a few different views addressed here, including Santos and Austin, kind of eliminated themselves. Almost came out of the match. Got a huge pop up the crowd with everybody teaming up to get him eliminated, which you always like in Battle Royals. Final four members, Seamus, Reed, Knight and AJ. Cross eliminated Styles from outside. And Knight threw out Seamus to win the whole thing. So, Monty, it's a battle royal. What were your thoughts on this? At least the right man won. Yeah, I think that's probably the main thing. I think that was the biggest thing for uh, for this, you know, that the Mark man would win. Uh, I really feel like I'm, uh, you know, not to brag again about being on a roll, but the only other person I even considered for winning this was in the Final Four, so I'm happy about that uh, when it comes to Bronson Reed. Uh, but honestly, though, uh, yeah, man, this is, uh, like you said, a typical, pretty prototype battle royal, in my opinion. It has some, like you said, it addressed free active fuse to kind of give them something else to talk about and then you uh, or something else to play off of. And then you had the Final Four, which is, you know, four people that are respectable and make sense to be in this spot. And then you have L.A. Knight being the one to come out on top and, uh, you know, taking out Sheamus and winning it the way it was meant to be. Uh, this was all set up for L.A. Knight to get a pop and get get some love uh, in, in Detroit or get this spot in this position. The only thing I always say about stuff like this is that, honestly, I hate battle royals for nothing. I, again, I'm spoiled because I love the Royal Rumble and that, that has like the highest stakes, but it doesn't have to be a world title shot. Anything. Just say, you know, the winner will cha- can, you know, can, can challenge for the United States title or whatever event or whatever mid-card title you want or something, you know, just give them something to go off of or any, something to, you know, give this other than, oh, well, we're doing the Slim Jim and that, that just falls it that the guy who's literally in a Slim Jim ad is going to probably win. <laughs> but hey, you know, I, I leave it alone. That's booking. It had nothing to do with the, what they did in the Battle Royal. Uh, this was, uh, like I said, pretty uh, uh, textbook stuff when it comes to Battle Royal booking. So, yeah, man, I, I gave it like three and a half. It wasn't anything wrong with it. And, uh, yeah, L.A. Knight got the shine. Yeah. Uh, we've been on a night train, like I said, for a long time. And that's what we're going to call it now, night train. Uh, but, Gina, here's a stat for you. Slim Jim paid WWE over WrestleMania weekend $20 million for advertising. So... That's $20 million for advertising over a weekend. God knows what they play for the Slim Jim Battle Royal. What, probably $10 million? You know, like, isn't that just crazy money? <laughs> if they're willing to put, like, you know, $2 million over a damn weekend, then an actual battle, $20, sorry, then a whole battle... Yeah. Then a whole battle royale are definitely going to cost a bomb, you know? Really it's just... I, I get it, but I'm... I'm yeah, but I'm very much on the same viewpoint as Monty. This kind of, I'm glad he got the win, but it wasn't aiming for anything. So I'm just confused on why, like, they would have that there when because there were others that they possibly could have had. <laughs> yeah. Because they paid ten. Yeah, it's not a set. They did it with a few matches as well, where you think you're going crazy, and then you realise. 
everything is just advertising that one product in front of you. And you're going, oh, it is. <laughs> even the replays are like literally just that. And they're going, but I can't even get Slim Jim here. It makes me want to have a pepper exactly. army, I suppose. You know? <laughs> like... Exactly. So those of us who don't have access to it are kind of like, okay, can you move on now? Next. Yeah, we can't, we can't well, snap I, into I, it. I, that um, the one spot where everyone was trying to get Amos out, it reminded me of that spot in the female Royal Rumble where everyone worked together to get Nia Jax out. <laughs> yeah, that was I, pretty funny. I quite liked Kaiser's elimination. And I knew Grayson Waller and the Miz would work as a team. There was one moment in that Battle Royal where it just came together uh, and we knew it would work. Uh, but like I said, Boogie. yeah, it's got to. You got to. LA Knight is Mr. Slim Jim now. But, Jaxi, I mean, what is next? This is a big question, Jaxi. What's next for LA Knight now? He's Mr. Slim Jim. He's got that accomplishment. Mm. Like we said, the Battle Royal should have been for at least something. Because if it was for US title shot, we could maybe book that in the next couple of pay-per-views. But what do you think is next for him? Will he even get Roman down the road? You know, we don't know, do we? We don't know. And I think, yeah, it is a massive question mark as to where we go from here with LA Knight, because as much as, you know, I, I appreciate that he is very popular with, with the fans at the moment. Can I realistically say that he will take over um, and and be the one to dethrone Roman? I can't confidently say that. So it, it does give you the big question as to which route they're going to take um Again, with the fact that this this battle royal wasn't really tied to anything, tied to potentially getting a a title shot shot for any belt uh, down the line, it, you, I couldn't help but have a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth for this match being placed here. When it, I felt like if it was such, just a sponsored match, it should have been on on the pre-show. Um, but of course, you know, we uh, I I think that we all realistically knew that going into this match, LA Knight was going to be the one to win it, considering he he wasn't the one to win at Money in the Bank. And I think that that was what everyone wanted in the first place. Um, so, you know, we're, get, we're getting these big major wins now for LA Knight. But I, I'm really, I really don't see which title he's going, he's really going to be in the running for at this moment in time. Um, is it, is a bit of a difficult one to figure out what, what, creative have in mind for LA Knight right now I just hope it's something good because if you think about you know sort of this uh, back in January and that awful sponsored match he had at Memorial Rumble with Bray he does love a sponsored um, match you are right that's he an does. excellent he's the king of sponsored <laughs> matches isn't he really he could be the king of sponsored matches watch he'll just he'll, he'll win yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll actually win sort of like a rocket, record of rocket being, mortgage man being... or something like that. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, who knows? So just keep watching that space for promos because any promos coming up, it, it's probably going to be sponsored by with, with LA Knight in mind. Um, but yeah, like if, if, when it comes to a title picture, I'm finding I'm struggling really to see where where LA Knight goes from here. Um, I just hope they don't lose the ball on him because they've done this quite often with a few fan favourites that, you know, really had the crowd going and then they dipped it. So yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see where what, where his story takes him. Um, but I just hope it's worth it. I mean, I doubt. Uh, Monty, we got your score. Gina, what do you score the Battle Royal out of five? 
three. And Jaxie? I'm going to go three and a half. Yeah, I went three and a half there. Predictions, we all went L.A. night. Yeah. So, Jaxie on two, the rest on three. We then get Shania Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. The only way to win was by knockout or submission. Baszler refused to tap clubs as a sign of respect for the match begun, which is quite cool if you knew UFC because Ronda never touched gloves with an opponent and wanted to act a bit of respect to Baszler. Uh, it seems the Queen of Spades seemed to have a hand early on, but Rousey found countless to most of the missions. Once they got back to the feet, they started trading strikes. Uh, it was build of an MMA fight, but it kind of felt more pro wrestling. Still talk a lot of trash, talking the crowd and selling like they would. Uh, Basler was getting checked out by doctors for an arm injury when Rousey attacked him, told a former friend to finish this. They started training punches. The Queen of Spades met him in the middle of the ring. Crowd didn't really seem to care too much. Uh, <laughs> Basler locks in the camera through the clutch. Rousey passed out. And that was about that. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Um, this one's a hard one. There wasn't anything special about it, but I was also still quite invested, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I was invested in the storyline, but there wasn't anything that like super wowed me about it, apart from just the brutality of some of the hits that each other, like, had had taken, but I all in all, I still enjoyed the match. I thought it was good, and I kind of, I think I I knew that this was like a sort of exit match for Ronda as well, so it kind of felt like that. Yeah. I saw it as that, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, I thought it's strange, and the makeup choice was strange as well because I thought maybe it's because they will be fighting, they will kind of want to look like bruising or bleeding anyway, but to kind of have like black and red makeup. Like <laughs> to start with, you're going, oh, what, what are they doing here? It's a bit, it's a bit odd, and you know, obviously yeah. sharing it in the back as well. Because it's the same fucking makeup. I'm come, come on. I know I'm like that, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> again, it's it's interesting because if you're wondering why wrestling fans probably don't like MMA or UFC fighters, is because if they did, they would watch UFC or MMA. And the reason they watch wrestling it's- is because they want to see a wrestling show. Would that be fair to say, you know, like... <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's all good and well you saying this is going to be, uh, you know, a MMA match, not a wrestling match. Well, A, no, it isn't. It was a wrestling match. <laughs> and B, if I wanted to watch an MMA match, I'd go and watch MMA. So, yeah, I, when they do those types of matches, Unless they did something very dedicated, like, you know, I think it was um, in AEW where they did a, a, a cage match or something, uh, but it was with Jake Hager and Wardlow. Like, that felt more like it was along the lines of it taking, you know, in a different approach with, with the whole wrestling match change-up. This one, it just felt like a standard wrestling match, so it wasn't anything special to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Monty mentioned, like, if this was in a fight pit or something like this, it might be a little bit better. But, I mean, Jackson, what are your thoughts? Because I know you've been a huge fan of Baszler. Is this the kind of start now mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, to kind of build from the momentum? She's put Ronda out. That should be done. Now it's yeah. all about the new balance. Oh. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope they don't drop the ball like they did shortly after Elimination Chamber when she first came over 
as like sort of the the real badass at that point, you know. So we don't want it to dip again. Um, we need to like stay on the ball with Shayna at this point. Um, I I personally again with the match, I I have to agree with bits and bobs of what you guys have said. But I I would have quite liked exactly what my sister said. I would have quite liked if they actually truly dedicated themselves to this match and actually changed up the ring just for this match. We know it ca- can be done. We saw it in AEW. Um, but it's just all about them, like actually putting in the effort to actually create that create that ambiance. They they did a lot with their promos, you know, not just at the beginning of this match, but across Raw and SmackDown to kind of show how how much training they did, you know, um, within UFC together. Uh, first of all, um, and even just sort of then going into uh, dipping into sort of backstory of them. Uh, staying and living at Shayna's house for a bit and and training um together then so I felt I, like if they change if they had changed the ring up there would have been a bit more um investment in this match if that makes sense but from an audience point of view you know um I think that because they kind of tried to make it sort of like an MMA like sort of rules fight um, but then just had it in sort of the square ring. It didn't really do anything to make the audience feel like it, it was a, a much bigger match than what it was, you know? Um, ultimately, though, I think that it was a, a good match between both of them. I think they both know each other really well, um, and neither of them, like, held back on one another. Like, their moves were pretty hard-hitting. Shayna was really just sort of keeping up with Ronda and ultimately was the one to put her down. Um, and i I got to admit... Even though the match wasn't like, you know, sort of massive loads of excitement um, throughout all of it, um, there was a certain satisfaction at seeing Shayna pick up this overall win and actually knocking Ronda out, um, KOing her at least. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't mind this match. I thought I still enjoyed it pretty much. Um, I really liked how both, how it felt like throughout the match, both women didn't feel like they were holding back. And so th- that's what I can appreciate about a match. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Monty, I mean, what are your thoughts on this match? And again, another question, as Gina pointed out, if this is Ronda's farewell, was Ronda Rousey's run in WWE a success, you know? Oh uh, man, that's that's a it's a it's that's it's crazy. Yeah, that's a, a I'm not gonna say so. If you could just yeah, if you could just round it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a no, tough no question to answer because I do think it start it definitely started off successful, man. Like that first run, you know, she did you know, she accomplished some pretty good stuff, like not only the, the match the moments with Triple H and then but being the I don't again, people may not agree with this. Maybe it, it eventually happens, but I don't know. She would. It would not be a triple threat women's main event without Ronda Rousey. I just don't think they would have even felt that anyone else had the name value at the time to even put them in the end. People may not agree with it in hindsight, but at the time when they did it, no, she was. She still had name value. She still was uh, popular enough with wrestling fans that it worked. Uh, but I think you know stuff that she said and a lot of other stuff that happened when she was on break. Kind of brought the second run off on the wrong, started that off on the wrong foot. Even though people were happy to see her initially, I remember. I remember the pop when she showed up. But, uh, you know, they turned the heel and they just, you know, they didn't really put her in the best situations that fit her, uh, her, her the, the things that make her who she is. And then even with this Shayna Baszler stuff, I think a lot of the reason why the crowd were like they were is, like you said, James, like they start, 
they told a pretty good story, but they decided to try, you know, they tried to tell this story in a matter of, of like, you know, like four weeks, really. And it's just like, it just deserved way more time to let this feel more like a, a send off, you know, even though we know that's pretty much what it is. It just came, it just seemed abrupt when you think about that they were just tag team champions. And we thought that was about to be an actual run for some time. So it, it's kind of crazy how that, how that turned out. So I don't know. I think overall, maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna say it was. Uh, it wasn't a failure, but I don't know if I can go and say it was a home run success. That you would think someone with her name value back when she was coming from MMA, like what you would assume that she would do. But I would say this. Uh, the thing is about that. The thing. The only way that they could have saved this match to me is like you have to do things uh, outside of the box when it comes to like you said the fight pit. I agree. Was my choice. Just make him do what Riddle, Riddle did on NXT. He got a great fight. Or Ken Shamrock back in the day. Or like you guys said with AEW, they did a really good job of adding that, adding the way it should feel. But those matches are always going to be hard to work. You put it perform in a tough spot because you're 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 trying to make it look like a real fight. And if we're being honest, I watch MMA. James, I know you at least know. You know, we watch it too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, what, what's the most interesting part about MMA, honestly? It's the, it's the sheer violence of, like, the stand-up and all that. If you're just watching grappling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or wrestling, some people can like it. I'm not saying it's not, you know, it doesn't have technique and all that, but it's not the most interesting thing to watch when they're laying on each other and just doing grappling. It's not. It's not. So when you try to implement that in the wrestling and you – like this is just more proof. These matches just more proof to me a lot of time of what makes like you said, what makes wrestling wrestling. Why wrestling is so spe- special. It, it the fan told, engagement and all that. It would have told, again, I completely agree. With you. You don't, or MMA, you don't know when it could finish. But even if they'd have told the story of Basil out wrestling her Ronda in a wrestling match and and having that point of you never cared about wrestling enough to kind yes. of learn this, you know. To learn, the, exactly, the tools, exactly, exactly. Like, something like that would have been uh, better executed because even the stipulation kind of felt, like, tagged on mm. for whatever reason. I understand that this was an MMA, this this come back from their past of any MMA, but it didn't necessarily have to be an MMA match. But I also will say this, too. Wrestling fans, we have to do better because at the same time, I saw people leave, getting up and going to use the bathroom before they even started. You know what I'm saying? Like, people moving around in the crowd before they even get started. And I'm not saying that just because it's MMA styles, you know it's going to be bad. Like, who knows? They could have came out and tried to have destroy each other for your entertainment. And no one probably would have even seen it. It was people sitting down. But And you mentioned earlier that the pacing of the show kind of did this, too. They wanted a break and all that. You know, I, I've been to these event shows. And that's another thing. This is also on WWE. These big four pay-per-views, I went to the Royal Rumble. Do you know how many casual, not just casual fans in general, but casual wrestling fans? Like, it's probably people who, at some, many people in some time who don't know who the hell Hiroshi Tanahashi or Will Ospreay is. You know what I'm saying? So there, that, there was that, a that, guy, that's who goes to these shows. Yeah, there was a guy on kickoff in the panel behind them, kind of, you know, looking on the screen and get his mates involved, doing a Hogan pose and a macho pose. Which again, exactly. Not, you know, like, like that's not my. Like they don't even. Like you said, you got people walking around full cosplay and Hogan and Savage gear, and these guys, like you said, not, have not wrestled in years. But those are the people that that are at these shows, and you're expecting them to care about an MMA match when, like you said, they would be at an MMA show if that's what they cared about. You know what I'm saying? So like, it, it again, these are two different worlds. They can intertwine, and it can make some interesting matches. 
but they don't necessarily intertwine. We said this at, uh, when we were preview- previewing it, Jay. This is going to be a tough task because we know how these work shoot style matches typically go. It's on, they only can work in a few ways. And, you know, either you be creative or you actually have the guys go out there and beat the, or the girls in this case, go out there and beat the hell out of each other. And, but you don't want anyone to get hurt. And, these, and we know they're still friends. Like, that's what I'm saying. This is what makes wrestling wrestling. And what makes MMA MMA? And they have their strong suits. They have similarities, but they, at the in the end of the day, they should probably be for the most part split apart and being who they are, you know, uh, you know, separately. But anyway, I do think the girls work hard, and I think that I've seen a lot. I seen I saw stuff online while it was going on that was really negative about this match, and I'm like, I was like, that's so unfair to them, like. You know, uh, because I thought they actually worked a pretty good match and they tried to tell a good story. But again, it's only so much you can do in this format. So, again, I, I think it was a lot better than what, some, what a lot of people were saying. Yeah. Well, we're going to get our scores now anyway. So, Gina, what Ronda Basler, uh, we're going to score out of five. Um, I, I don't know. Do you know what? I'll give it three and three quarters this one. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I gave it like a 3.9. Uh, Monty, yeah, three and a half for me. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half as well. Uh, predictions we all went Baser, so Jaxie's on three, the rest are on four. And the mat- next match was the one I really wanted to see Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Now, you know, Drew. Winning a world title in his home country, we're not going to get that, you know. So what about Drew winning a championship in a stadium show? Would we get that maybe? I don't know. First time ever one-on-one, like I said, Gunther and Drew McIntyre. Ring General trying to break Honky Tonk Man's record. Great video building up Gunther. I mean... Jaxley, first off, Gunther looked like, just in that video, looked and how good he has been. And and then again, Ludwig yeah. Kaiser alongside him, just a perfect kind of henchman, you know? <laughs> like... I mean, like, I think I actually said to my sister, he looks like the perfect ring general. That's what they're like. They're really sort of packaging him as. And in that package, that video package, that's exactly what he came across as. He um, gave me, like, real, like, sort of... Um, general vibes uh from sort of there's like a general in uh, f- uh anime called full metal alchemist he gave me a uh, general vibes of that um of a character from there so it was kind of like a really good packaged promo to put before uh the match even started it really got you hyped for the match you know yeah without a doubt and also i said with ludwig there just kind of doing the talking you know but um the talking would be done in the ring with these two guys as they stare at each other for a long time now i know we all want that kind of you know rock hogan moment so to speak but drew sometimes the crowd is not working so just go for it i think this match might have started better if they just traded straight away but we did have some wrestling with mcintyre score in the first knockdown Gunther made note. He responded by bringing the challenger down in the headlock. It took him a while to get started, uh, but once they did start throwing chops, they were swinging for the fences. You could hear the impact of each one, and you can see McIntyre's chest coming in red. 
They both worked hard and got the crowd to wake up. Uh, and then it started heating up a little bit more with Gunther kicking out of a Claymore. And once he recovered, he hit McIntyre with a few big moves followed by a powerbomb for a really a clean win to retain the title. Um, Monty, thoughts on this? I mean, Drew didn't get his moment, uh, you know, nearly a year after losing from the Clash. Can I, you know, can I just say the bloodline didn't help him? But anyway, what about this matchup? Gunther and McIntyre, what are your thoughts? Hello. Oh, my fault. Sorry, I'm saying hello. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, my thoughts on the match. Again, I think you made a really good point about the way it began. It really started off slow, and uh, and I think that really was to the detriment. I immediately was, and I think this is me. Maybe this is me, and that's the problem with this one. Coming into it, I was just like, oh, this is probably this can be just as crazy or better than Sheamus and Gunther, and it just <laughs> it, it did not ever really feel like it got to that point. Uh, the crowd, again, I don't know if it was just them being tired, like you mentioned earlier, or it was just like uh, just just felt disjointed. Or whatever it was, it just it it wasn't that match, and I was I was like, well, maybe it's because they're not they maybe they don't seem like they're beating the hell out of each other as much. But then I started to look at Drew Chest, and I, so I was like, no, no, they're still beating the hell out of each other. Just it was something off. I don't know what it was. It kind of gave me a feel of this could have been like on Raw, but this is like uh, this is like just the, the, a longer version of it with no with no 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 breaks in between and yeah. stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but again, it was still good stuff. I didn't have a problem with it uh, overall and all that. And Gunther still is great. I think, honestly, Gunther is, like I said, top five, top three workers in this company at this point. And it's just, he's easily right up there. Uh, and every match is a spectacle. But this one was definitely lacking in comparison to maybe my expectations and comparison to some of his other defenses. Like, I hate to say this, James, but man, I was more into what Gable did against them you know what i mean like but, uh, that and maybe it's styles because i think smaller people work better with gunther but and better than working with big guys but again that was my takeaway from it but what did you think i thought it was solid overall though my, my problem is is momentum but drew has got no momentum yeah. whatsoever you know you have returning and all this lot but teaming up with riddle and people know because they keep mentioning honky tonk's record that you know drew's gonna have to do something special to win like I said, I would have started off with Drew hitting the Claymore straight away. If he's going to kick out the Claymore, kick out straight away, then the crowd are invested and go, okay. But with Drew at this moment, I just don't know because he's failing everywhere he goes at this moment in time. And again, I know people say wins and losses don't matter yeah. wrestling, but I think they do. And again, we talk about the clash, or I talk about the clash from last year where Drew was kind of building up and they've just, they've not, he had the feud with Karrion Cross afterwards. Uh, you know, the WrestleMania match with Sheamus involved. But again, I would have had Sheamus and Gunther in this one, you know, this matchup, as opposed to Drew, because it's just, I don't know. I don't know with Drew. Again, I'm biased. I'm biased. Yeah. You know, that's my part. I mean, Jaxie, what do you think with, with McIntyre? Like, what what can, can be done now? You know, like, he's, he's failed I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, do you know what? It's not that he's failed. I think that it's a real shame because his peak moment happened during lockdown. So it really was a moment that really was without the crowd, even though, though the crowd were heavily behind him at that point. 
And again, it's like what Monty said, the crowd were really weird in this match. They weren't really as receptive. Um, they seemed, they they did come across as quite tired as well. Um, and so, I, but also I think for me, even watching this match, I, I, I couldn't help but myself to sort of compare it to the Gunther Sheamus match. And it was just kind of like, in, in certain moments, I was just kind of like, imagine if Seamus was here, would it be a bigger pop? I'm I'm not sure what they could what could be done with Drew at this moment in time because you know it's not exactly like he's done anything wrong to not warrant a big pop like he should get. Um, but it's just that there are other contenders within the the wrestling talent right now that I think has piqued more of the the fans interest you know and that's through no fault of Drew's at all but yeah there was just something about this match that I just don't think the the crowd connected with um so it it, it just kind of felt a bit lackluster but I too also agree with what you said I think that Drew should have came like came into this match starting off with a big claymore and just have it like sort of heavy hitting straight away um I don't know why it just kind of felt like it it was a really slow build-up uh, throughout the beginning of the match, that didn't really catch the fans' attention. It's like Drew knew he was going to lose. Like I said, and again, I don't. Like we yeah. saw the dive to the outside on his feet, which is great. You know the nip ups, the, the the other things. You know, like when's the last time he beat mm. someone with a future shock? You know, it doesn't happen. So yeah. again, maybe with a bit more time and the right crowd. But for me, it's McIntyre's stupidity yeah. costing him. So why go to the top and then dive on the top rope and crutch yourself? Like, I, yeah. I know what right. they were trying to do. It was, that was a questionable moment, for sure. <laughs> but again, <laughs> you know, I'm the only one kind of crying at his TV. It's like, what has happened here? <laughs> like, you know, and again, yeah. I'm never going to say, oh, Drew would be better off elsewhere, but assess the situation, sort, sort out what's happening, even if it's a contract or anything like this, and come up with a plan. Because Drew's too good just to kind of, be doing nothing, so to speak. Um, but then again, I don't know. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this match? And start us off with scoring out of five. Um, again, another hard one to score because it was a it was a good match, but not a great match in my eyes. I'm gonna go three and a half, just because again, it's it's, it's stuck with us that we we are gonna compare it to that Sheamus match. So I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I thought the match was good. I was interested. But again, I think with the crowd being quite quiet, I think I was quite quiet and receptive to this match. Jaxie, what about you? We can score it. Yeah, I'm going to give this a three and a half. Um, again, I, I don't think that this was a bad match. Um, I just think it was a little bit slow paced um, in certain points. Um but I'm I'm just I'm definitely intrigued to see where things will go with Drew because um yeah, I just I don't really know what what, what I don't know where things go for him here. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh Monty, what about you? Yeah, uh I think three and three quarters maybe is probably the highest I can go. It was uh like I said, I thought they worked hard. If you just look at what they did, I get it. But like you said, with the crowd and then with the just all the things we just talked about, about Drew just kind of feeling nowhere near to the level that you would expect him to be at this point. 
And just again, like you said, that in the back of your mind, you're thinking about, man, Seamus and Gunther beat the hell out of each other last year. And then you get to, uh, you know, even the triple threat match, again, I know that's a whole completely different style of match. It's just, again, this did not have that energy that a lot of Gunther's big fights usually have. A lot of that got to do with the crowd, but it also got a lot to do with what they were doing. So, yeah, man, uh, I'm going with three and three quarters. I'm going to give it a four because it's McIntyre Gunther. You know, as I said, it's... I think we look back and go, it wasn't as bad as we thought. It's just, like you said, Monty, when you're expecting a match of the year candidate and it never happens, you're yes. disappointed. You know, I think that's the thing. Uh, predictions all went for Gunther. So, Jackson on four, the rest of us on five. Next match, World Heavyweight Championship, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Uh, both men came to the ring looking focused. Vision, of course, more vocal. And the train the champ wore to the ring. And the same vest that injured Finn back at uh, SummerSlam 2016. The Prince gained the upper hand, immediately began offense on Rollins' left arm. Almost like he was trying to get revenge from that moment. Finn had seven written on his previously injured shoulder. Uh, and I'll tell you what, this match was treated more like a marathon than a sprint. You knew it was going to be long when they started this. Uh, but again, nothing wrong with a methodical pace with Balor punishing the visionary. Uh, Damien Priest showed up with his money in the bank briefcase. And now Rollins with a cheap shot behind the ref's back. Balor but failed to get the free count. More shenanigans as Ray Ripley and Dom showed up and distracted the ref. But the Irishman didn't want to use Priest's briefcase. He wanted to use plan A, not plan B. Rollins hit a stump which Balor kicked out. On that point, I was actually going, do you know what? Not many people kick out of the stomp, but Priest yeah. wanted, wanted to be the fucking idiot of this. Leave a briefcase in the ring, distract the referee, uh, and of course the stomp to win the match. was a great coup de grace moments before where I thought Finn had actually done it. But alas, poor Yorick wasn't to be. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this World Heavyweight title match? Uh, I enjoyed it. It was great to see these two battle it out again. I think they always put on a great sort of battle. And again, you do get uh, a bit of an insight and going back to their original match. So... so yeah, sorry. I accidentally muted myself. Um, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the match. It was it was good and it did what it needed to do. I expected there to be some tomfoolery and for Damien to come out. That wasn't a shock for me. Um, did I think he was going to cash in? No, I still think they were, they were going to long that part out for him. So I, I didn't think it was, but I did have a feeling it would have some play into the ending of the match. I thought the match was really good, so I did uh, give it a score of four. Yeah, um, like I said, this match... I mean, Monty, I don't want to be sour grapes about my predictions, but it would have made sense for Balor to win. Uh, but again, it's good that Triple H finally got this feud done. And this should be done now, because I've had enough of it, right? <laughs> Agreed. No, I think this is it. I think Finn, he's, uh, he's given up. He's, that's his last shot. At least it should be. Uh, I agree. It's good that it's finally over. Uh, and also... Honestly, I'm with you on the even the decision thing. Honestly, after that, you know, he kicked out and he did, like you said, that Finn Balor spot. I honestly was like, damn, they, they really did it. And I, but you know, honestly, it, 
Finn has no one to blame but himself. I mean, you can blame Priest if you want to, but he also earlier, if he just took the briefcase and did what Priest said, you could say that he may have you know, made it over. <laughs> but then he also talking about after the match that uh, he thought, or he was arguing with Priest saying that he thought Priest was trying to cash in. I'm just like, well, I don't think that's, that's obviously not what he was trying to do. So, uh, it, it, but I did like how they kind of weaved it in. The self took advantage. It was it worked out. And just at the end of the day, they don't trust each other. That's that, that's the thing. And it, and it's crazy. You would think that you can blame it on the briefcase, but honestly, as close near as they were supposed to be by this point, especially since they were almost all on top of it, it's just sad to see that 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 type of just mistrust is the reason why. It didn't work out, but also maybe it's a little bit of Finn going up, you know, because he's so determined to beat self, he kind of, you know, end up, you know, costing himself in the end. Uh, so I don't mind the story and all of that, but uh, I, I really like this match. I, like you said, it started off slow, but really once they started to kind of, uh, you know, get going, you could just see Finn and self at this point have tremendous chemistry. Now they're going to probably have to be apart from each other for a while before we have to see this again. Uh, and I don't know if Finn will ever really get revenge for what happened. Honestly, like really, <laughs> we really be honest about it. Yeah, like honestly, like think about it. Like, are, will we ever see Finn Balor get revenge because he was the wrong party? It's kind of crazy that we all cheer and sang self song, and Finn is supposed to be the bad guy here because he honestly was the guy who was done wrong, even though it was just it was due to injury. And we know how we know what this business is all about. But hey, it is what it is. Like like self said, he got bitter. Self got better, and yeah, I think that's the story, man. It, it, it was a, it, it's over, and we'll see what happens now. Where they go from here? Priest is obviously still going to be hovering around self because he has the briefcase, uh, you know. And I think honestly, it seems like is self the only decision he made. He hasn't teased Roman at all, and I think it's obvious that he has. I know why he, he haven't, but you know what I'm saying. It's like. Yeah. Dude, you got a choice for everyone. Like, oh, you could have, you know, he could have came out at the end of the main event, and it actually would have made sense. It probably would have been a surprise because we, he haven't had any sights on that belt at all. But I'm just saying, he can go for it. So I'm just saying, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, still a solid match. Really, really good stuff. Like I really was got into it, and like you said, those false finishes, man. Woo, man, they got me, man. I'm watching it live, and they really had my heart racing there towards the end because I really <laughs> wanted to be right. But I'm glad things worked out. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I hope Finn, in seven years' time, at SummerSlam 2030, says to Seth, seven years ago, seven years previous to that as well, me. <laughs> so I want revenge for the last seven and seven, 14 years. And I want. And again, Jaxie, I don't know about you, but Judgment Day should be called Indecisive Day because decision-making at the moment is, is not what yeah. it should be, especially yeah. for a group named that. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it definitely just leaves the fans questioning. You really don't know what what decisions are going where um, at this point. Um, I have to agree with a lot of what has been said about this match already. Um, I, I don't see why uh, Damien is focusing so much on Seth when he could be choosing other scenarios here. Um, but yeah, it, it it it's a shame because... I, I still feel like we were cheated out of um, a title run from from Finn Balor, you know, when he originally won it seven years ago. So it's a shame in that front. Um, but at the same time, I was really pleased that I went with Seth and, and picked up this win here. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Uh, like I said <laughs> a few years ago, and it annoyed a lot of people when I said it, Finn 
would make a great mid-card champ. But as well champion, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and we see it here as well. Gene, I've got your score out of five. So, Monty, what do you score this match out of five? Yeah, like I said, I was really into it. I gave it four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, I enjoyed this match as well, so I gave it four and a quarter. Four and a quarter, four and a quarter for me as well. Predictions? Yes, I went Balor. The rest went Rollins, so it means that I joined Jaxie, or Jaxie joins me even, on four points. Gina Ramonti on uh, five. Hey, listen... Don't act like that was that was really bitter. Like, oh, I have to join Jaxi down here. No, you joined <laughs> me in my position, so that's different. You see, like well, I failed. I you, one up. you, it's like a journey, all right? I've just tripped. <laughs> You've caught up with yes. me, and we're looking up the mountain yeah. at Monty and Gina and going, weren't we in the lead last year? Like, what the fuck is it doing there yeah. now? Like, I mean, I know. Obviously, don't the let them hear this. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I one. The top yeah, two way up here. <laughs> yeah. The top two are twenty twenty two, but it's not about it's not about us. No, no, well done, Gina Monty. I mean he's great. Uh so we move on. Oscar versus Charlotte versus Bianca Belair for the women's championship. Oscar might have had a coolest mask yet. Belair was product placement. Again, they're doing it. Product pla- I'm watching it. Bianca Belair's entrance going, I wouldn't mind a nice, refreshing can of C4. Mm-mm-mm. You know? Like, it's like watching the Intercontinental title match for, the, like I said, the mortgage place. Uh, but as for the match, we see Belair hit the steel stairs with her knees after being dropped out of the ring. Of course, medics attended to her. Eventually started helping her to the back. The Empress Tomorrow and the Queen kept fighting. We see the ESTWE limping back um, and doing a Ric Flair in a Charlotte Flair match in a weird way. Going up top and hitting the 450. Uh, Blair's back flip over Flair looked awesome. Wherever Oscar tried to hit from the top rope after the Queen hit a moonsault. Didn't work. Crate of near falls. Uh, Flair teased uh, double figure eight. That would probably have been impossible. But when she did put Blair in the figure eight, Oscar's back missing the face to break it up. Yes, he then rolled up the Empress for the pin and your new Women's World Champion, Bianca Belair. But that wasn't it. As EO Sky and Bailey ran down and Bailey went suitcased happy, knocking out anybody. She even knocked out a couple of fans in the front row, I think. As she came in, Sky cashed in, hit the moonsault, and your new W Women's Champion is EO Sky. Dakota Kai then came to the ring to celebrate course, Damage Control, who debuted at SummerSlam last year, and not only debuted last year, but the woman they confronted, Bianca Belair. So there is the story. Um, Jaxie, what did you think of this matchup? A lot going on here. Um, yeah, like I, th- I think this match went, it, it, it was good. Um, I think the su- the surprise ending with EO um really sort of like built up this match to be even more exciting. Um so it was just for me I think I was I was incredibly frustrated at this loss for Oscar. I wasn't expecting her to lose this early into her new title reign, you know. Um so I can't say that I wasn't a little bit disappointed because I was. Uh 
But at the same time, I also wasn't mad at Bianca picking up this quick win, um, only to then just get it thwarted straight away by EO. Just all of it. Um, I think it was excellently well executed. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think the finish looked excellent. I mean, I don't know about you, Gina, but again, there was a lot of moving parts in that. And especially then when EO come out, you always worry. But they didn't even bother with near fall. They just had EO straight away winning it, which is always good, you know? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that it, they they executed it perfectly. I don't think it needed to be dragged out or, or go on. I mean, I don't know if Bianca actually truly did get injured or if it fully was a work, but the acting was good if it if it wasn't a true injury because I generally thought she was out of the match. Um, so with the ending, I think it was good that they kept it short and quick. You know, they, they targeted her, her hurt knee from the, from the match. And EO pulled off her beautiful finisher. And um, to be honest, I think that's the, the perfect way they could have done it for EO. And I think she deserves it because she was a great NXT champion, uh, women's champion. And I think that she would make a great champion on the main show. So I'm glad that she got it. Um, I can't be mad at it. No, no, this is a thing. Again, Charlotte, first and foremost, 5-0 and at SummerSlam. That streak is all over. All three were given time. Finish looked great. Cashing is always nice, but Monty, especially with EO Sky, you know how cool she is. And now how cool is it that she is the WWE Women's Champion? The journey is worth it. And Damage Control, we questioned them. It actually worked, you know, to get to this point. Yeah, man, I think definitely the highlight of their run, you know. And like you said, I didn't even think about it. It's crazy until you mentioned it. I didn't think about it, that. It, that that made the finish even better to me, even if I didn't. Like, I thought it was a great moment just because of how Bianca came back. But the fact that Bianca is the one that you dethroned there and not Oscar, you know, you, and, like, you think about everything Bianca put that whole entire team through. Like, she was just mowing them down, you know, beating the hell out of Bailey and just taking them down every time she got when she was champion. So it's kind of cool to have EO take it off her. And you're 100% right. I saw someone talk about now that she's women's champion, she can start to submit her legacy as the greatest, as one of the greatest Joshi, uh, you know, women's wrestlers of all time. And I'm just like, no, she's already that. <laughs> she's submitting her legacy as the greatest, like some of the greatest women. Yeah, in wrestling, of course. Yeah, she's submitting their legacy for over here. She's already the greatest, like one of the greatest Joshi. So she has the resume to that already at this point. I love what I love the most about this moment for her is the fact that since I'm following stardom a little bit better now, and I'm, I know a lot of these other names, I got a chance to just see a lot of those uh, great workers and women from over there, just showing her so much love from Japan. She was in a, a, the, the front page of the newspaper when she won the title, you know, the, uh, the uh, Rossi who runs stardom. He gave her a nice, uh, beautiful message and said, he, uh, you know, she called him or whatever. So, again, she was just over the moon. That was the best part of it was to just watch her, you know, be so happy and just how celebrated she was at that moment for doing it. That kind of helped me get over the fact that, unfortunately, this run for Oscar is not gonna, only going to be a few months. And But, again, I think I should you should have known. You know, unfortunately, the thing is about that, like I said, this entire storyline, she kind of got lost in it, you know, and I hate that they – uh, once again, for some reason, Oscar just won't, just cannot be the focus when she becomes champion. It's all the journey, the chase is always greater for Oscar in these situations. Uh, just the, when it comes to the way they book her, but it's awesome that it's EO Sky and the possibilities are endless. 
when it comes to where we can go here because uh, even though Dakota's back and they look like they're strong right now, uh, it was a lot of strong teases of dissension between Bailey and EO, and Bailey is probably going to go around claiming credit for this, and we'll see how it goes uh, with that. And then you have, of course, Bianca. That's going to be a good angle. And then you have stuff with Oscar uh, and all types of stuff going on when it comes to uh, what she can do as women's champion. So I'm, I'm over the moon when it comes to the end result. The match itself started off slow, but you started off at the right point because once Bianca hit her, neck, her leg on the stairs, this match just ramped up completely, <laughs> in my opinion. And uh, Bianca selling 100%. That's the reason why you don't know if it's legit or not because Bianca sold it. If it wasn't legit, she sold it beautifully. Like the way she was screaming, the mannerisms, like everything was just on point. I thought something really went wrong there. And she did a great job. But honestly, once she pushed the guys and did the whole Mick Foley after falling off the cell, I was like, no way she's hurt for real. <laughs> or like as bad as I thought it was anyway, right? So, yeah, yeah man, it was, it, was, it was a cool ending. Everything worked out. You know, and I, I will say this, honestly, <laughs> at least they didn't book a Charlotte win for no reason yeah, to have yeah, her I, be the one to yeah. throw by EO. That's, that's I thought thing, that may yeah. have been a way that we went to. <laughs> It'd be interesting. That's the scores out of five. <laughs> Start us off, and yeah, at least it wasn't Charlotte. We don't talk about Charlotte. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I enjoyed this match, so I'm going to give it a four and a half. Um, I, I enjoyed the finish. I think it all went, went perfectly. So, yeah. And like you said about Bianca, perfect acting. I'm not too sure whether or not she really was injured there or not. I really hope she isn't, in, like, realistically, and she was just great at acting, but that was really well done. Gina, what about you at five? Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a three quarters because, yeah, it was a good match. And I think when I say a shocking ending, it was just, you know, the, the suddenness of Eo just coming straight out, handing it in and getting that win right away. So, yeah, four and three quarters. Yeah, Monty, what about you? I gave it four overall. I thought it was really, really good. Solid, solid triple threat match. Uh, and again, uh, as much as I hate to see Oscar not pull out the victory, I'm very, very happy uh, of our new women's champion, uh, proud and happy to see our new women's champion. So, yeah, I can't be mad at all. Yeah, I'm going to give it four and a half. The, the half is for the finish and the cash-in as well, which is always fun. Score uh, prediction wise, we all went Oscar, so none of us score. So Gina Monty on five, James and Jackson on four. As we head into the main event, the undisputed W Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, contested under Tribal Compact rules, which meant there weren't any rules. The Tribal Chief gathered the mic and told the crowd to acknowledge him as Jay tried to prepare mentally for the fight by looking in any other direction than his cousin. Reigns told Jay that if he won, he would personally hand over his ceremony neckwear. Locked up and Reigns made a clean break in the corner. The subject of had been engaged further. The tribal chief spent a few minutes in control. Jay began to show some life. He tried to use a table, but Reigns stopped him before he could. Regained the upper hand. The champ grabbed a kendo stick and started teeing off as his cousin as Wayman kept yelling tribal combat over and over again. Uh, Jay came close to winning with a super kick and also splash, but Reigns was able to kick out. This led to Jay grabbing a chair and unloading on the tribal chief. We see the old pile of chairs in the ring. 
but it rains who used them. He hit a power bomb through a near fall. They started brawling in the crowd, and so as Sokoa showed up, and then this basically turned into a handicap match. Now I don't mind people interfering on Reigns' behalf, but this this literally was two on one from the point Solo dragged Jay back to the ring. Uh, we see Reigns and Solo had a bit of a tense moment that allowed Jay to spear his cousin through the barricade and put Solo through the announce table. Uh, as he looked, Jay looked to pin Reigns. He went up top, splash. Jimmy Uso came out of nowhere, yanked him out of the ring. He hit his twin brother with a super kick, then threw him back for Reigns to hit a spear through a table for the win. Um, so, Monty, what are your thoughts on Roman Reigns' first title defense and singles match since WrestleMania? Awesome how they did that, right? Awesome how <laughs> how he haven't uh, hasn't defended that belt one on one. Yeah, man, it's been great, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm just gonna go. I gotta go and see it. I what the what's I, I, and with all due respect, I'm not disrespecting tribal combat or whatever. But what what was what was the point of it? Tell me what. Tell me. Can anyone tell me what was unique about this match that made it tribal combat? When it comes to uh, like, it just felt like a street fight, uh, basically, or just uh, any other weapons match that they've allowed in WWE. Oh, you can't no, no unique weapons, nothing unique around the ring. It was just, it just like that. First, that's my first complaint. Secondly, Triple H booked this right, <laughs> definitely booked this because this felt like a Triple H world title match, and not in the sense. That uh, that you know, not in a, not necessarily in an entirely negative way, but I only really mean it in the sense that it went on forever. Like, oh my goodness, when I tell you, they they just they wasted time. They wasted a lot of time. It was a lot of exciting, you know, moments. It was some spots. It was some good stuff. In like you, a lot of stuff you highlighted were a lot of the highlights of the match. But really, in between all of that, it was a lot of grandstanding and time wasting in the crowd. The crowd, you know, definitely was into some of the spots. They wanted to see some of the stuff. But I just honestly was waiting on something that I wasn't, something unique or something different to happen. Then Solo shows up, and then it's even less unique because Solo always shows up. <laughs> and I, I don't know. The internet, if you go off Twitter, they thought it was no it was no interference. But honestly, I knew. They kept saying no DQ for a reason, which let's just be real. That's, that's, kind of, that's lazy. Anything yeah, goes is always... <laughs> Low-key lazy. But the only person not to know Solo to interfere in the match would be Drew McIntyre. Like I said, he's the only (laughs) one. (laughs) Right. Drew's the only one. He's the only one who got a good excuse at this point. Because at least Solo wasn't even on the main roster yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone else after that should know Solo was going to show up. It's literally the one thing. He doesn't even have one-on-one matches anymore. (laughs) He just shows up (laughs) He just shows up and help Roman at this point. Like everyone should know what's happening. So you know, again, so he showed up and that 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 wasn't really unique. And, and like again, I'm and this is my straight up live watching it the night of experience. And at that point, I was struggling. I, I really said, you know what, I, I probably should go to sleep, but I'm gonna try to keep going. Then I rewatched it a week later for to do this, and guess what? I almost fell asleep again. And it's not, and again, I don't want to act like they were doing anything wrong because I, I didn't have a problem with anything that happened in the match because it's about what I expected. But this is by far, in my opinion, the weakest Jey Uso and Roman Reigns match. Like they had two 
way better matches in the past, and this was just not it for some reason. And a lot of it had to do with me just waiting on something that something different to happen. And then when we get to the finish, I told you when we were predicting this, Jay, yeah, we're did. probably going to yeah. get a Jimmy Uso. We're probably going to get a Jimmy Uso turning on uh, Jay. They're kind of planting that seed for some reason. We I hope know. not, but that's what we're going to get. We, we got and the EO cashing right as well. We didn't mention that. Like, we actually smashed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Look at us. Like, yeah, we, we mentioned that. We actually said that she's probably going to make We knew she was going to make it appear, but I didn't know if it would be successful or not. Look what happened. <laughs> so, hey, I mean, we, I, there you go, James. Like, we're on a roll at this point. But, like I said, I, I, even the Jimmy stuff, I kind of saw coming. And then the way it happened, I was just like, okay, well, fine. But then I will say, once I thought about it, and I was like, well, I feel like the last four or five Roman defenses have ended for like this. <laughs> so, I'm just like, okay. We're really going to have to do something to spice this up, guys, because, you know, this is kind of just kind of feeling samey here. But, you know, it is what it is. I picked Roman. I knew this was going to happen. So I'm not going to go too hard and say it was bad. I thought the work they did were fi- was fine. But honestly, I was hoping, seriously hoping, and maybe I was wrong for hoping that the tribal comeback was going to have something unique about it like, or at least like, something very different. Like a Punjabi prison. Do you know? Not a Punjabi, or something like that. Not that bad, because, oh, my God, no, that no, was bad. But, but know, like, I know what you mean. Up, but you know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, something. Right, right. Give me something. Give me some, Give me some like, trees in the thing, like the little palm, the little fake palm tree somebody yeah. can throw on somebody. Something different. Anything. sitting on, yeah, the actually, on the stage. Exactly. Like, Rikishi, someone, something. Give me something. You know what I'm saying? Other than the gear that they wore, you know, for the entrances and all of that, it was nothing tribal about this combat this was just a street fight you know it was just a normal uh extreme rules match whatever you want to call it man so again that's my biggest disappointment when it comes to this match but i did think they worked overall pretty well and the high spot was reacted to pretty well you know for a crowd that seemed tired earlier they reacted to a lot of the uh, the highest moments of this match well but honestly it was for it took forever and i just did not like that it was nothing really too different about this match and maybe that was me assuming way too much, even though uh, we all knew the result probably would, would, what it would be. So I was hoping the match would at least be unique or at least a fun ride. My my issues, well, I had a couple of issues in this one, but it's like when Roman gets a table out and there's a table there, it's like, why are you not using that one? You're obviously setting up the spot. <laughs> so like, I just, just, a spot, it take, exactly. It takes me out. It takes me out. And the pile of chairs as well spot. I get a bit bored. But again, Jaxie, we have loved this storyline for, for, I mean, the first pod we did together was Jay versus Roman. Uh, and as my yeah. points there, is it time to kind of move mm. on? Or does it feel like we're kind of going back now with the Jimmy turning on his brother? Yeah, I mean, so I have, firstly, I have to actually agree with everything that Monty has said. Um Throughout the whole match, I really was questioning what is meant to make this a tribal combat. Exactly what Monty said. It was an extreme rules match at best. Um, So, you know, I actually like the idea of potentially having some of the legends that were actually featured in the promo building up to this, actually having them out on stage, maybe out and around the ring, like as if they actually are, are all witnessing this tribal combat, like make it actually feel like it's meant to be a tribal combat. Um, 
yeah, like, you know, sort of like exactly what my sister just said. Um, like, you know, like um, in the Black Panther movie, when M'Baku, like, challenges T'Challa, you know, like, that is a, com- a tribal combat type yeah. situation, you know? Like, make it something like that, like, you could have had sort of all the legends and everything all around it. I know that would have, like, thwarted your plans with Jimmy. But, again, this leads into my point of why did you... Why? I, why? Why did you go this route? I... I, I be Again, being a twin myself, I would never stop my sibling from enhancing themselves. And this was Jay's moment. Um, also, I don't get why he would do this when Jimmy was the one who first went against Roman and was like, "Now nah, we've had enough of this," and now you just stop him from get from getting that that win over Roman. Yeah. Like, how does that make sense? Well, it, it so I found yeah. this. Yeah, I found this really distasteful. Um, yeah, I I definitely took it personally. Um, I feel a little bit betrayed by Jimmy myself. Um, and I actually still feel like slapping him if I ever met him for doing that. Uh, Gina, what about you? Because you might feel Jimmy is vindicated and, you know, might... <laughs> I'm not going to cause um, any trouble, but, you know, maybe super kicking the yeah, are, is not Scott. a bad thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely trying to cause trouble. <laughs> right? He is. He's trying to stir. No, I, I definitely disagree with him turning on his brother. I just... Again, for me, I'm going to touch back on my point that I made earlier in the show where I say WWE just love to break up tag teams, including siblings. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. Like, this is the solidarity you should be keeping. Mm. I, I don't understand why they would try to do this for them. And it felt like a bit of a cop-out ending because they didn't really know what to do. Mm. And I just, yeah, for me, I just felt a bit disappointed not disappointed from their wrestling again they did commit yeah. a lot and they get they gave a good match so i'm not saying it wasn't a good match but it just felt with the build-up from where it started like you guys just pointed out where this started from like the way at the start of you know the pandemic period it just felt like a cop-out ending yeah no, i would agree there um it's interesting though because i think this is the most negative We've been about saying Roman and the bloodline, you know. So, uh, yeah. but again, it's it's not. It just it, it's not the end. I mean, but again, we knew Reigns would retain. It's just a story, rather than kind of what's next for Reigns. It seems to be the story of you know Jay and Jimmy. And again, this year, that's what it's felt like with the bloodline. When you talk about you know yeah. one, one defense for Roman, this year has mm. not been about him. It's been about Jimmy no. and Jay saying betraying, yeah. betraying them at the Rumble main event in WrestleMania. Mm. Uh, obviously, you know, it's now SummerSlam and now leading into the next couple of months because I don't expect Reigns to come back anytime soon. Just, so this I, feud, I, I you know. don't know if I'm really interested in actually having like a, a massive story and feud built between Jimmy and Jay. This is not something that like I would person like obviously from this story yeah i don't think i i wanted it ever sort of led uh, i didn't i don't think i ever wanted things to lead this way and i was kind of like hoping that sort of like the story was going to be getting wrapped up soon when it comes to the bloodline i i'm not saying that i'm not enjoying it because i have been enjoying every moment with with the bloodline but at the same time it's like you know 
we're we're preventing you know wrestlers going for the title belt um because Roman's not like involved in the matches because he's too wrapped up in the bloodline feud um you know we got Jimmy and Jay now that are kind of like looking like they're out of the tag pictures because they're not really going for like tag titles they're not going for anything at the moment now but considering Jimmy's just done this to Jay so it's just kind of like um like it, it it's, it's a bit of a weird ending to this match because I don't really know where things go for the bloodline it feels like everyone's kind of at loose ends and I don't know where we're going to sort of tidy these loose ends up so yeah it's it's one that we're gonna have to kind of see play out in its full glory I just don't know where they're going with this yeah like I said we don't know what the end game well for Roman you know again Heyman keeps saying this is like bottom of the third so there's a long way to go but at mm. this moment in time, it's like, you know, with Cody and Reigns, we know where we're going. But what happens with Solo? Uh, and it, and again, it's, it's, it's interesting because, like you said, the more it becomes about them, the less they help other people. And it's even with, and again, I hate saying it, but Zayn and Owens, I know now Owens is injured and same as Sammy. But the call-off yeah. they've had since Mania with their booking you know, when you're focused, it's like, mm. again, not to compare it to like NWO, but when you're focusing on that one story, maybe others do get yeah. uh, affected in, in that kind of way. But in general, I mean, we do scores. I mean, mm. Monty, what would you score the main event with? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. The only reason why I'm not mad or killing it about the whole breakup thing is that the Usos personally have already mentioned that they would love to fight each other down the line at, uh, at WrestleMania. But that was pretty much it. That ain't have nothing to do with that on TV, though. So, you know, that don't, that don't give them uh, an excuse to just do it out of nowhere. It, it should have just, they should have waited and made it make more sense. But, hey, it is what it is. Like, we'll see where they go from here. I gave the match overall four stars, but I still thought they did enough. Like, the spots that they had were pretty, like, the Samoan dropped through the table off the apron. That's, a, that's, that's, they had some pretty good moments in there, but it's just the execution of it all, man. It was just, like I said, I had a lot of problems with it, especially when you compare it to other Roman main events. Yeah. Um, Jackson, what about you? Yeah, I have to agree here with um, everything that Monty just said. I'll give it a four. Um, I think that the Samoan um, drop through the table, that was a really great spot that stood out to me as well. Um, again, a moment where, you know, Jay was picking up uh, a sort of revenge moment against Solo for what he did to Jimmy. And so it just, again, made no sense why Jimmy came out and did what he did. So, there, yeah, there, there was so, there was a lot of confusion for me in this match, I think. Um, and that's, I think, a, a lot of the reason why I've scored it just a four this time around. Yeah, Gina, what about you? Uh, yeah, I gave it a four too. Yeah, full all round there. It's a bit weird to have a main event that's not actually five stars. Uh, so, match of the show. Uh, Gina, yours was the triple threat women's match. Are you happy to stay in with that? Yeah, I'll stick with the triple threat. I think that one was the one that I was not not super shocked, but still like, oh, wow, they're doing this now sort of thing. So the excitement was there. So I'll definitely agree with that. Uh, Jack, so yours was Brock and Cody. Are you still happy with that? Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to stick with Brock and Cody for that one, but I must admit that that one came up. Um, the triple threat would probably be the second favourite. Yeah, and Monty again, Cody, Brock again. Yeah, yeah, Cody and Brock. Yeah, same as me as well. Uh, so MVP of the night, uh, Monty starts. So who's your MVP of the night? Uh, I, it's hard to argue. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, EO came out as the big winner, and I think it's hard to argue with Cody also because it's just like I feel like this anointed him is that he's actually the top baby face, especially if you're going off he was unplanned and all of that. Even if it wasn't scripted to be a hand raise, him getting that moment at SummerSlam, best match too. I'm going with Cody. Jack C, who's your MVP? Um, I've gone with EO as my um, MVP for this match, uh, for this pay-per-view. And Gina? Uh, I've gone with Cody. Cody, I've gone LA Knight because we're going to look back years to come, like Stone Cold winning the 96 King of the Ring, and this will be that moment. Or not, who knows. Uh, and EO. (laughs) (laughs) And EO as well. Uh, rating then out of 10. Jax, you start us off. Rating out of 10 for SummerSlam 2023. Uh, it's good. Like, it feels like this is going to be scored really low, but I feel like there was just not that much that, like, I feel like there was a, a, a lot more confusion from this pay-per-view than anything, so I'm going to give it a 7. Bunty. Yeah, I'm going with eight and a quarter overall. I thought it was a really overall, still a good show. A lot of good wrestling there, cool moments. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the home run. It kind of ended there. It's funny since last SummerSlam when Triple H took over, I feel like they've been on an incredible like premium live event run. And it's funny that at this SummerSlam it seemed like some of that whatever they had going is kind of wearing off a little bit here. But hey. Who knows? Uh, it's always on to the next one in this uh, business. You know how it is. So uh, I don't think it was a bad show, though. I thought I still give it eight and a quarter. I thought it was still an overall a strong uh, pay per view. Just had some, like you said, some question mark moments. Yeah, we need Vince back booking it. That will <laughs> make an improvement. No way. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, what about you out of 10? Uh, I'll give it a seven and three quarters. I'm going to go in between. Yeah, it wasn't all that. I thought it could have been a better show. There were some matches that I would have liked to have seen on the show, and it wasn't, and that was disappointing. So I definitely will say that that added to the overall score as well. It's funny uh, because people were emailing as well, always moan about, well, not moan, I will say, but notice that Jax usually gives the lowest scores, and I usually give like the highest scores for stuff because apparently I love everything, apparently. Uh, but it's, it's, it's funny. I have given half. So eight and a half for me is the highest score out of the four. And Jackson has got the lowest. So I suppose that is something. But no, it's, it's a good. Yeah, I suppose I'm a bit of a harsh critic. I think that just goes to show how picky I could be. So let's not read too much into that because it's not exactly like we planned this. I usually tend to make up my score from the for the, the overall review. pay-per-view from the review that we're doing. So it, it comes naturally. Yeah. And I'm and, just naturally hard. <laughs> well, I'm just, and I'm, I'm the hopeless, you know, just optimistic thing because I think it's great. You know, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. There's, there's got to be one for one. Yeah. yeah. 
But in, in the <laughs> middle, exactly. Me and Jack's in the middle. There's basically the perfect score, I suppose. But it was fun, but the crowd were flat at times. And finally, the press conferences, uh, Byron Saxton heading it, Cody first, promoting the drink, uh, about how he's found his final form or how he feels he's reached it, how accommodating the WWE roster has been uh, to him and even like being shocked about Brock giving him that moment because he didn't know and realising, like Monty, you said, that he is the number one guy in WWE now, or number one babyface, as it was. Uh, Dakota Kai joined EO and Bailey to celebrate EO's win. He said she is still not cleared uh, to return to action, but she had to be here tonight to uh, for this moment, which makes me think, how does she know? Hmm? How did she know EO was going to win? Uh, but mm. <laughs> mm. yeah, huh. Good point. yeah. Uh, yeah but, but EO could have called her up and said, "And said, oh, I'm going to try and cash in tonight." So she could have gone there with the aspect of, "Will she cash in? I should go and see." That makes more sense. Show off for a failed cash in would have been hilarious. Makes right? more sense <laughs> though than LA Knight's explanation of winning the battle royal, going in a time machine and filming the Slim Jim advert <laughs> to be aired. You see, so again, <laughs> that was response. So, uh, you know, uh, Paul Heyman said he was in the third inning and Triple H, uh, again, I think Triple H just has to say it's like the biggest premium live event of all like, I don't think he needs to. He just everything. Yeah. He smashed everything. Just everything. Fucking You're most white. It. It's always yeah. the most white. So we made, yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for payback in in four weeks' time. Not only because Triple H called it backlash, <laughs> but the fact is, how can it be bigger than any other premium live event? I just don't understand. Uh, he talked about the, like I said, the Brock Cody moment, calling Brock one of the best of all time. He said, um, yeah, we're doing really, really well at the moment. Asked about Vincent Mann's involvement. He said Vince doesn't get involved with day-to-day stuff. Uh, of course, if I have something that I want to ask him, why not use him? Uh, so he was very kind of on point about that as well. But he's loving it because WWE are making so much money. It is fucking stupid. Like they are pretty... I think they the the quarter profits were say like four hundred million made. So they are gonna kill it money, money, money. this year. Um, wow. Raw and SmackDown haven't had a chance to catch up with it yet, so we'll do that on the payback pod in four weeks' time. I think that's about it. Has anybody got anything else to say about SummerSlam or should we leave it there? No. I like Jimmy's explanation. That's about it. But you haven't seen it yet, so don't worry about it. No, no, no. Go. What was Jimmy's explanation then? Go on, quickly. Uh, help us out. He did it because he loves Jay. Oh, oh. Right. <laughs> he loved Jay. He thought, he thought, he said he didn't want Jay to turn into the manipulative a-hole that you know, Roman Reigns is if he became the chief. Stuff, you know, some bull job like that. Jay had an awesome response. Also, Jay had an awesome he response. also explained that, um, well, what if you won? And then what would become of the Uso? Yeah, what are we going to do? Yeah, what's the Uso? So that, it, it was a pretty selfish move, basically, because you're like, oh, okay, well, you're not going to want to be a tag champ with me. If what you're... about me? Yeah, yeah, it was a what about me moment. <laughs> and Jay has 
quit WWE now as well. That was the latest. Yes. He, moved he just walked out. Yeah. Section. Yeah, deuces. He said yeah. deuces. Right, it's the same yeah. all in. We're going to see him all in then, I suppose. If uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Right? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Right there. That would take this to the next level if they called Impact or AEW. Like, hey, just hold Jay Uso for a while, just for a couple months until we can get him back from Manny. Yeah, that would be so funny. That would be so funny if they actually did that and worked that into a program. But ain't no way that Vince would al- allow Jay to. Yeah, do we know how that goes. Vince, it's Triple H. Triple H would be very angry with you right now. He, he's made it clear yeah. Vince has got nothing to do with this. <laughs> Uh, and who's yeah. well, you know how they look at it. They'll be like, "Well, no, our guy's gonna give them more viewers, so we're not gonna do it." But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I guess that is it. Then we'll find out at payback. Yeah, that's it. If uh, Jimmy and Jay are gonna have that match, uh, and what happens? Like we said, there's gonna be a lot of interesting things to happen before then. But that is it. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the Dublin Podcast. I'm at the Dublin Jr. You can find the entire Dublin team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? All right, you can go to at my Monty Pod on Twitter. Like you said, go to uh, James's Twitter banner. Of course, that that's the quickest way you can find me, especially if you're already following the double nar. But you can find me at uh, at my Monty Pod. Click the link in my bio. I usually got a pinned tweet for my latest pod right now. That's just a review of a uh, C and D block of the G1 climax and uh, who who made the Elite Eight. But, hey, man, we're ramping up. My next podcast is going to be reviewing the entire kind of playoff series part of the G1 Climax. We've had some very special stuff. The G1 usually ends off on the highest note possible. And trust me, so far, they are hitting it out of the park. So you want to hear my uh, thoughts on the uh, the way the G1 wraps up? In the, and I've been very proud that I've been able to stay ahead of, of everything on top of it, putting out podcasts when I can. So I thank everybody for taking the time to just listen to a guy Talk about New Japan. Talk about the G1. Even if you don't watch it, I think I got people who don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Sending me messages. I'm like, well, go go to New Japan World. Why do I? Like, obviously, don't, don't ask. I well, get, you don't, I'm, you I'm don't provide the content for them to watch, Monty. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm not streaming the stuff for you. I'm not paying for your individual subscriptions, guys. It's just 999 yen. Go figure out how much that is in wherever respective country you live in. Anyway, by the way, that's it. Thank you guys for listening, though, the people who are listening. And, uh, yeah, man, just keep messing with the show. And I'm going to go with the G1. And I'm going to try to, brand, you know, try to do a little bit better, do a little bit more. AEW got a lot of fantastic stuff coming up over the next month. So just uh, keep an eye out and, you know, follow me on Twitter. Or uh, X. Yeah, X. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to have to change it all now as well, aren't I? Like, uh, anyway. Yeah. Jaxie, where can people find you on X? Well, not on X. That sounds weird. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rule on X. Just yeah. I don't think it's gonna be. It's gonna be really weird to just say, yeah, you can find me on X rather than you can just find me on Twitter. What about Capital X? You can find me on Capital X. <laughs> no, because that's that a radio like station. A... I mean, I don't yeah. know. That sounds <laughs> even worse. <laughs> yeah. you. You've left me to a radio that station. Very Capital bad. X. Yeah, I don't want that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter X. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Jaxi Scarlet. <laughs> G- you, have you ever been on X? Have you ever? Have you ever tried?
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that my new my new Twitter X page will remain the same at Purple Pain. Uh, well, also, double so, double. Someone's face. on drugs, by the way. Yes, well, we are. Aren't, you know, we, all, aren't we all really just on drugs, <laughs> living through life? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us the email, the at gmail.com. YouTube, number podcast, we all latest clips, podcast, got sound. Same time on YouTube, they do SoundCloud. Yes, that's still a thing on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, guys, it's a big one. All right. It is August 26th, and it is going to be, Monty has just mentioned it. It is the G1 Climax catch-up. We have, I mean, Monty, do you know off the top of your head how many matches it was? Because, you know, or it's definitely oh, like God. 19 nights of action, isn't it? That's, that's definitely like, yeah. yeah. And you got to do it, what, at least four to five? Well, hold on. No, I just thought about it. at the beginning. It was like eight matches a night. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, man, it's, it's, yeah, at least over 100. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, so we got that to do. So God knows how long that is going to take. And also we've got all in predictions because it will be the day before uh, Jax, Gina and I travel to Wembley to watch all in. Um, so that should be very... One thing I don't think I did... 80,000 people. Do you know one thing I don't yep. think I've done here, and I do apologise before we go. I've just realised I don't think. Oh I announced... yeah, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. No, yeah. You, Monty knows what I'm talking about here. What the predictions? I didn't. Bow <laughs> down. I didn't think I talked about the predictions in the end. So we yes. all. Yes, I know why. Yeah. yeah. Shut up. We all. <laughs> 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 we all went for Roman in the main event. Uh, I'm so glad I noticed that now rather than like in five minutes. That would have been bad. So we all went Roman <laughs> for the main event. So it means final scores, James and Jaxi uh, finish on five. Gina, Monty end on six. So it is a victory for Gina and Monty. I told you Jaxi had been coming for us. So first off, congratulations, Gina. W pay-per-view win. Well done. I'm so happy with that. I'm just like, I'm very bitter right now. <laughs> um, Monty, you do lead now. The prophecy is complete. You lead all <laughs> prediction leagues. How do you feel? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I need me a Roman Reigns shirt right now because I feel like the only one right now. I really do feel like the only one. I'm, I'm just, I'm on, t- I'm on top. I'm on top, and I'm just gonna ride this wave out the rest of the year. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going towards all in it, all out of it. <laughs> uh, what what's next? What's after that? You're gonna be uh, all out of it, son. Payback's the same weekend. <laughs> Payback, Survivor yeah. Series, whatever we've, we got, yeah, whatever's coming lane, up, whatever comes up, we've still there. Got you go. I'm taking plenty it. Plenty of events, young man. I'm taking we've it. Still got. So it you means right. I, I'm not too cocky yet, but. I'm on top right now, man. Let me ride. Let me ride Congratulations, this. Congratulations, Over the cloud. You, Jaxi. Uh, sorry. Me, uh, Gina, and yeah, fuck it. Let me try and get this out. Gina, I, Monty, three of us, not Jaxi, all on four points now when it comes to WWE. Uh, 
Jack's on one. So you're free behind Jaxi, and we're running out of I know. All right? My yeah. plan... Again, I said, my comeback year is coming up next year. My, so plan, my plan here is to win, all in, get a perfect score, and then I'll be tied with Monty on the bonus, tied with him on AEW, beat him at All Out, and then... Shit, I feel we've got NXT stuff. I've not won that this year. Oh, I'll I forgot about that. Yeah, no mercy. I'll come up with a plan. No worry, we'll be fine. We'll be fine, everybody. Like, yeah, it'll work out. So, um, question is, <laughs> can anybody stop Monty and Gina? We just don't know. Uh, so, next episode, like I said. Keep it up, G. Yeah, August 26th. Talk about G's, the G1, and, of course, all in prediction. Until then... I've been Jay's Rollins, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Sorry for bringing you down today, Jaxie. I don't mean that. I'm just saying yeah, we're better than you. <laughs> it's just an added bonus. Of course. Well, I mean, you know, my comeback will will happen soon. So keep watching this space. I will be. I will make a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the mind of Monty, the man who cannot be stopped. Yeah, at this moment in time, you know, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Monty. Psychic. I'm on it. I'm on it, man. I'm on it. And, of course, the genius of Gina. Gina, see, don't stop. You're, you're breathing down. If anybody can stop him, you're our only hope, all right? Don't worry. I'm going to tap into the G site real soon. Everything's oh, America. Good. I'll be on top and they'll be in here we go it's on now for well, sure yeah well apart from that thanks for this everybody um, bye bye